Hit it. Okay, we got All right, guys. Cleveland Moto Podcast number 444. 444. Light them up, boys. Oh, wait. Ah, oh, and they're off. Uh, Christmas ale. We're back. Christmas jail. Christmas mm-hmm. ale. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, it's the, the, the taste that keeps on giving. Uh, yeah, we're here in our post. Even tomorrow morning. Our post-Halloween vibe. Yep. Yeah. So Tom's bartending. So if you're bartending noises, that's because <clears throat> cocktails are being poured, as they should be. To my immediate left is. Chris Smith. To his left He's is. Sleeping. To his left is. Johnny Mac. To his left is? Pete Hempley. Back. He's back. And then to his left? Darren Crumpke. And bartending? Tom Pennington. Tom Pennington. We don't have a bar back. So you, if, you, if you pledge at a certain level, you can be our bar back. Yep. What would that level be? That's the, that's the bigger question. Just fucking show up, that's honestly. Great. Just show up. If you show up in your microphone shy, Dave Nolan came into the shop today. Uh, Dave Nolan, we've Dave's been around. Uh, people have been hanging around the podcast. You know, if you see a guy walk up that only has one leg, it's probably Dave. Uh, Dave had a close encounter with a Yamaha a few years ago that cost him his right leg. And uh, how I know Dave is I was a manager at a painting company in Cleveland many, many years ago. And Dave got hired to be a uh, journeyman painter as, as, uh, you know, as one of these guys. And he showed up, and the first time I met him, I was like, whoa, this, is, this dude is a special dude. <laughs> he was driving a fragged-out 4x4 Toyota pickup truck, and he was living in Lakewood at the time. And he, you know, me and another guy that worked at the paint shop, all we had old vintage Hondas. And so Dave would show up, and he'd be like, yeah, you know, I, I want to get a bike. I want to get a bike. I want to get a bike. And the whole time he worked at the paint shop, he didn't have, or I'm sorry, the whole time I worked with him at the paint shop, he didn't have a bike. The next time I saw him, he didn't have a leg. And then he told me a story about the Yamaha that took his leg. And I was like, dude, you should have not done motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> he says, no, I should have not done drugs. No. <laughs> it's like, oops. But he's one of my favorite dudes because he did, he runs a very cool company. Like, mm. he, he's a very interesting guy. We love him a lot. But he came by today with this shit show of a motorcycle that he's riding that is a Honda CL350-ish. And then the back is a chrome alloy subframe that if he if he told you it was a speedway bike, you'd go, I could buy that. Yeah, it it literally when I saw it, I went, Who's got the speedway bike? And you were yeah. like, No, no, that's the one you were, I was telling you about yeah. from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's a it's a weird bag of tricks that bike. Oh, it is. it is. The motor is shit hot. Uh the motor's not at all stock. There's something hiding in there. Uh it's it's fancy, but there's all kinds of trickery too. Like you think it's got an oil tank on it, but that's not an oil tank motor. Well, the fake oil tank is actually where the battery lives. Huh. And it, the so longer is it you, a choppy kind of it's, thing. I, I, got a, I got a picture. You of got, it. Yeah, we'll we'll okay. find a picture for sleepy, the people. Sleepy, a fast looking Janus. Wait, no, no, no. It it literally uh, looks like what, a speedway bike with a big fat rear wheel on it, and it's got spun huh. aluminum disc wheels. Oh like yeah, solid wheels. it's a pretty oh. bike. Yeah, it's really special, and it's and it's not like if if you gave me a room full of parts, that, these are not the parts I would. Pick. Is that the one that has the, uh, not a super hot tank on it? It's got a little tiny tank little on tiny it. Tiny Chrome peanut. panels yeah. on it though, like a CB one sixty or something. No, no, no. no this is just because there hand. was one of those, right? Oh. He had one of those. He's got two bikes that he calls like junk, like junk bikes. That he's junk is junk and disorder. Almost like a Troy Brothers. That must be the he, that other That's bike it. is his though too. I think. 
If you can, if you can, uh, that's fun. We still don't have the tech to throw that to the to the screen. Yeah, but it's okay. I got something going on there. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Dave's got. Yeah, Dave's got. That is a that is a very wild a machine. pile of weird bikes, but it's just a fucking weird machine, uh, and uh, it's one of those things where. And I, I will somehow try to find a picture of it if I can. Uh, I think I may have taken a picture of it a while ago. But, uh, but the long and short of it is this. Dave's an interesting guy. I like him a lot. And so he came by today. We had to do a little title work for him. And when he showed up, I said, hey, man, let's, uh, why don't you come over to the podcast tonight? And he's like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. I don't like talking to anybody I don't really know real well. He doesn't need that kind of pressure. Yeah, he's a he's a good cat. The uh, when I uh, when I'm gonna I'll just throw this picture up there. I'm gonna steal one of Dave's jokes. Dave, Dave's a real comedian. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his leg 21 years ago. He stopped drinking at the same time, and he said his sobriety is now old enough to drink. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and that is totally true. Like he's. He's one of those guys that, and two, when you're having a party and you're, you're, you know, you're having a good time and Dave's right there with you, you're like, oh man, this guy can hang and he's sober. And you're like, get the fuck out of here. Not sober. Uh, it's, it's true that he's a super, he's a sober dude. Yeah. Go ahead and throw that back. Uh, I'll find it. I'll find a picture here somehow, some way. And, uh, he's just that guy. He's just a hundred percent that dude. Uh, I'll bet you, I know who has a picture of it on their Facebook. It's probably Castillo. Uh, Greg, yeah, yeah that's Greg. a good call. Yeah, Greg probably has it on his Facebook because Dave doesn't post a lot on there. But the uh, but it is such a weird fucking bike. But it's got like the back tire is the front tire from an old dragster. Uh, it's a mishmash of weird. The bike is just a shit show. But he ain't afraid to ride it, and because he doesn't have control over his right foot, the uh, the motorcycle only has a rear brake. So he's rigged up a hydraulic master that goes on the handlebars where his front brake would normally be. That's why um, I would crash the bike instantly. There's just absolutely <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, my, my experience on that bike would be about five fucking seconds. I'll find a picture of him and put it in the show notes because it's worth looking at. Having, uh, having ridden enough horrible, horrible Triumph choppers over the years, mm. I'd give it a go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I jumped out and sat in the parking lot. He's yeah, like, yeah. hey, Phil, you want to take it for a spin? And I went, no, 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 no. I want to be the second guy who crashes it. Correct. Yeah. I want, I want to be crash number two. I don't want to be crash number one. But uh, that bike's been kicking around Skidmark now for a little while. And so that, wasn't it there for, I mean, I remember that bike being at Skidmark months and months ago. I, was did, it there for fuel? I think it was there show? for fuel. I yeah. think it was there for fuel. You know what? I, was, I, I wanted to ask. I think him. negotiations ensued and Dave ended up with it. Would he? Yeah. Does he have like a like a clip-in bicycle cleat or something for his he does. foot? Because otherwise, your it wouldn't stand. He's peg, had right? over the years. He's had different methods of making sure that his shoe stays on the peg. Yeah. One time, I rode his bike, and he had two carbide spikes <laughs> coming up out of the peg, so that when his foot was sitting on yeah. it, it would kind of hang onto it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that. That was. <laughs> and I was working on a bike, and I grabbed the peg with my hand, and I was oh. like, "They don't get dull." Yeah. Oh no. No, they don't. They they get they stay plenty fucking sharp. So, but yeah. Anyway, great cat. Yeah. Now, Pete, you've had the honor of doing some pretty big rides with him. Yeah, Dave and I have uh, been on a couple of epic adventures. And you've done more than one. Uh, you've done Tat, right? 
No, we did the uh, Mid Atlantic BDR. The Mid Atlantic, um, yeah. Twenty. What year was it? Twenty twenty one. Okay. Two years ago. Yeah. We uh, usually his birthday is in October. We usually do a trip around his birthday every year in the fall. Yeah. Um, but we went to Virginia this year uh, to the BMW National down there. I didn't. I built a bike to do the BDR. And then while I was not doing the BDR, John came, Dave came in and bought the bike for John. For John Reinhardt, yeah. For John Reinhardt. Yep, yep. So I had set up this KLR with every intention of like, yeah, this is just going to be the bike that falls down a lot. And it, it does. <laughs> John is an accomplished rider, not so much off road. <laughs> So it's living up to its design purpose. Yes. It's falling over a lot. <laughs> yeah, the last time I saw it, even the stuff that um, we got from your friend Kevin, from John's friend Kevin, uh, that was, you know, some prototype secret squirrel adventure shit. It was twisted throttle stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, get, yeah. we had a lot of very expensive shit found its way to that bike, and not all of it fit real good. So I had to really get creative with reinforcing it. And I did this. Wanted to put it all together, and the holes didn't line. The holes didn't line up. <laughs> Not even close. And so the last time I saw John's bike or my old bike at Mid Ohio, it had looked like Godzilla had taken one large bite at it, right? And what the fuck happened there? And I was like, well, you know, those guys are—they got a booth over there. You can go complain if their shit's not right. And Dave goes, no, no, that that shit works good there's no complaints here that it's not performing its job admirably, but it's been tested. <laughs> yeah. John just rode that bike uh, this fall on the Skidmark 300. Yep. Yeah. And this so our special guest that we were going to have tonight that put us off for a little while, we were going to have uh, Shaffron come out because we do, we definitely need to talk to him about Skidmark 300. We need to talk to him about that event and, you know, how great that was and how, that's exactly right up our fucking alley. That'd be a good time to get Nolan out too. It, yeah, exactly. Nolan was there, exactly. Reinhardt, Steve yep. Noble. Um, it, was, it was a nice, really nice crowd there. That's the kind of event that we all need to do more of. That's the kind of thing that I think everybody needs to find a, a way to make that work. I've do, I've dedicated way too much of my time this year to running the business and not enough time to going out and having fun. Now, I'm not saying the economy's in the fucking toilet, but next year I'm going to have a lot more time to go out and have fun. Take that as a tip from your Uncle Phil. Uh, I told myself that lie when I retired. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really working out. It isn't, is it? No. You're like, oh, when I retire, I'm going to have all this time. Not either. Today would have been a perfect day for a fall motorcycle ride. 60 degrees and sunny, dry. Uh, I was at my mom's house raking leaves. Jesus Christ, man. Dave showed up. Idiot. Dave showed up, he was riding, I went out and I was able to take a few, uh, take a few blasts on various motorcycles today, which was very nice. I rode a Triumph Bobber 1200. And, you know, it's very funny that I have the Triumph Scrambler 1200 and the Bobber 1200 uses the same motor, right? Those two bikes couldn't be more fucking different. Like to, to say, well, they're both Triumphs and they're both 1200s. That is the end of the story. That is where it becomes not the same at all remotely anymore. The scrambler sits up and you're on top of it and you're like, here I am, I'm an adventure bike and I'm up in the wind doing adventure bike things. Rock you like a yeah, hurricane. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. And I have the feeling on that bike like I could go anywhere and do anything. 
Triumph did the same thing with the 955 Triple mm-hmm. some years ago. They had the Sprint. They had the original Tiger. Oh, it wasn't the original Tiger, but they had this right. Tiger on that same The platform. Tiger on the same platform. There was, there was a third bike there. I don't remember what the other one was called, but yeah, same thing. Yeah, and if you go but way back to the old Triumph, the Thunder Chicken, yeah, yeah. right, and you go back to all the different versions of that plat, the three-cylinder you know, motor that they had, it is absolutely true that that bobber I rode today, it feels... Well, it has the low handlebars that I don't care for. Like when you're riding a bike, I like the handlebars to kind of be like where my hands would normally be. But in the idea of styling, the handlebars on this thing are kind of fucking low. And you, it is a solo saddle, you know, so it's it's just one of those things. But the bike feels it's so low that it matches the handlebars. It is. I, not, it, I think if you were a five foot two person, it would actually be an easy bike to ride, despite the fact that it's 1200 cc's. Um, I personally, yeah, yeah, I think we're all hearing it. I don't know if it's making it through to the cut, but it's we're definitely hearing our headphones. That's, yeah, there's some, somebody's phone. No, I, yeah, there's definitely a phone. Yeah, well, the, a phone chimed in at the same time. So kind anyway, of a, kind of a buzzing but thing. Back to motorcycles. While yeah, we're yeah. checking our phones, uh, <laughs> I don't care for the riding position of the bobber, the Triumph bobber. But I had it up on 480, and I got it up to about 100 miles an hour. And whereas my uh, 1200 Scrambler at 100 miles an hour feels like it's got a whole lot, let a whole lot of party left in it, mm-hmm. right? And this thing at 100 miles an hour, I was literally pinning on the throttle. I mean, that was where that's where it was. And so you can tell that yeah, they're definitely geared for different jobs for sure. And the 1200 bobber felt real small under me. It felt like a very small bike. And the other bike that does that to me is the Indian scout, the Indian scout underneath me. It's a thousand CC bike and it's a V twin. But when I'm riding it, it feels like it's a seven eighth scale motorcycle. It doesn't feel like it's a full size bike. What's the suspension like on the bobber? Minimal. I, yeah, because I rode next to right. a dude one time that had one, and it looked like you have about an inch and a half on the back, maybe. Yeah, I didn't hit anything big enough to find out. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that's good. but you know, I didn't hit a big enough hole or anything to find out you know how good or bad the suspension really was. But oh, with Smith, it's uh, it definitely was one of those things that uh, riding that motorcycle to me. I like the aesthetic of it. I like sitting back and looking at it. It looks fucking cool. But it's, the first time I saw one, I saw the the uh, few the the Amol knockoff throttle bodies right. for the fuel injection. Right. I looked at it and went, "What the hell? Well, Why I would mean, you?" And then I went, "No, no, this this fits with the whole bobber motif, the whole Triumph vintage motif. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I I've only ever seen them in black, but I really would love to, love to see one in an olive drab. Right." Yeah, because I think that color would really look good that on that bike. bike. Yeah, because if you did a whole World yeah. War II olive drabish, you know, BSA throwback, Triumph throwback, it would look military badass. bike. It would, would look, look amazing, fantastic. I'll throw a picture. And they of already look TV. pretty good. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like the first time I saw one, I went, "Well, okay, I could ride that." I remember it was about 278 podcasts ago where we had one at the <laughs> shop, and we brought it out to have anybody that was in our podcast group. We challenged them to show us where the exhaust went <laughs> because the exhaust, <laughs> the exhaust looks like you think, you know where it's going. Well, that's that, that's that new, that's that new triumph motor. Um, 
the exhaust doesn't go exactly where you think the exhaust should right. go. You look at that and you're like, yeah, that's two pipes. There's yeah. a left pipe and a right yeah. pipe. And then there's but, a catalytic converter hidden right underneath the oil pan. Yeah. So underneath that motorcycle in the middle of it, what you can't see is a catalytic converter. Yep. And there's a lot of X's that happen. And that, mm-hmm. from about this point on, that pipe is just a shroud. Yep. Yeah. It's very... Uh, but the the one I rode was black, you know. As it, as well, it, it's, I think I've only I have only seen them in black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I saw a dark blue one. I think it's kind that, of a denim color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that Harley's, was a few years Harley's old. Harley's famous for that. Probably uh, the uh, they have. It's funny because they list the color like they list the titanium color, and when you click on it, it still looks black. It still looks black. <laughs> it still looks black. <laughs> like, hey man, uh, I wonder if that bike comes in any color That's other than black. The, oh wait, it comes in red. Yeah. But it's not a bad looking bike. It's not. Yeah, a, it, it, really, it looks cool. It really does look yeah. hard. Like it's yeah. it's not a lie. Yeah. And I don't know whether that twelve hundred motor to me, it doesn't look big and it doesn't look small. Hmm. It just fills up the space in the middle of the motorcycle just yeah. perfectly. Yeah. And I'm still from the school where like a twelve hundred cc motor should be intimidating. <laughs> like a twelve hundred cc motor should at least look big. As, aesthetically, right? Triumph has got it down. I think Dan's like, bike has more power. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the seat kind of floating in midair mm-hmm. just looks weird to me. I it like does. the way the Speedmaster looks better. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, I, I could, I could definitely see that. The uh, it's as as far as I can tell, Triumph has done a really, really good job designing a bunch of bikes that people do want to buy. Yeah, uh, they do have a lot of models, so oh, yeah. they're they're just killing it right well, now. Well, but the, didn't the they now in in recent news? Mm-hmm. Didn't you just tell me they discontinued the Thruxton? The Thruxton? No, they didn't discontinue, they didn't discontinue it. it. They are uh, this year. They're taking their victory lap. So they oh. didn't discontinue it, but they're calling it the last Thruxton. Yeah. So the Thruxton that you can buy right now is the last Thruxton. Ugh. Right. So uh, just one of those things, right? Where they're telling people that it's over. And if you want to get in on this, this is your last opportunity to buy a Thruxton. Uh, I don't know if that means enough to me that I would be like, yeah, well, I need to go out and buy that. Because are they? Are they? Because the big question is: Are they going to discontinue the entire Cafe Racer theme of the of the Bonneville? Because the entire reason the Bonneville exists. So the, to clarify for our podcast listeners at home, what we're talking about is the Thruxton Final Edition. Yeah. And the Thruxton Final Edition—that is a hell of a declarative statement on a bike that they've been building for a very long time. I mean, what year's your Thruxton? Uh, two. 2001, I think. Yeah, so 20 plus years. Yeah. And that's still like two years in, I think, because they had the, uh, I think the early ones were yeah. 100. Yeah. And that's the Thruxton final <laughs> edition. Now, it's not cheap. <laughs> I mean, no, you know, that's no. going uh, to be almost 20 grand with tax title license. Yeah, and all it's, that. it's not. It's not a cheap bike. I don't think we're. I don't think we're trying to even suggest that it's a cheap bike. Well, how much was your? Uh, how much? How much was your Scrambler new? About sixteen. So sixteen ninety nine. Sixteen nine ninety nine. Yeah. Special editions, man. That's all. Believe me, guys. I didn't pay that. I did not pay that. I want to make that very clear. Anybody sitting at this table, if you think I spent sixteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars on a motorcycle, you are fucking wrong. Uh, That was (laughs) that was the creative use of horse trading. Yeah. That was for like two Vespas and a player to be named later. Oh, there was uh, there was absolutely there was absolutely that's, no. Uh, that's no. the thing is somebody is going to buy this. This is this is going to be well, the and thing I th- they have to buy. 
Or did Triumph do something very clever by saying the final Thruxton? Because that's going to draw some people to the trough. That is yeah. always going to have a chance to be like, you know, honey, this is my last chance to buy a Thruxton. We've been talking about it for about 20 years. Honey mm. says, fuck you. They're coming out with another one five years. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> well, Wait, didn't you see the Royal Enfield 1200? You know, like that's going to be the final Royal Enfield. Right. It's like the marketing Rolling don't. Stones final tour. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I've been to three Who final tours. Yeah, right. I've seen the Who's last show three times. Yeah. Yeah. The marketing team came yeah. from a mega church right after the last rapture didn't happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but it has all the normal but stuff. That, so it and, looks like a Thruxton. And like we talked about, this yeah. is going to become, instead of ha- instead of having a Thruxton edition, you're going to walk in and check off all the boxes yes. for yeah. the, you know, the, the cool. upside down Take forks, the, you know, the shocks on the rear, the upswept pipes. If there's any one thing I could change about my bike, it would be the upswept pipes. Yours has it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got the I've got the whole British what is it, the British customs pipes on mine. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, where they're right. where they're upswept like right. that. And the problem is you can't put any luggage on it. Yeah, and that's and that's the downside too in my scrambler. Yeah. Is in the scrambler, you can only put luggage on one side of it. So on the left side of the motorcycle you have your luggage. On the right side of the motorcycle you have a second degree burn on your inner thigh. Right. Um and as long as you're cool with that, this such, is such this is like with a scrambler. Yeah, that's fine. Uh I've ridden scramblers that had factory single wall normal tube pipes yeah, yeah. that ran cooler than this brand new Triumph 1200 scrambler. They've figured out a way through catalytic converters and uh, special metals to make it actually hotter on the outside than on the inside. That motherfucker burns you. It, I can get about five miles into the ride before I don't want any part, any part of my body to hit the part of your pipe that is designed to have a part of your body hit. That's got like three heat shields on it. It's fucking hot, man. I'm finding that with the intruder. The left pipe is like, I haven't burnt myself on it, but it's hot and it's right there. I'm like, wow. It's a good bike for Dave Nolan because you have a fake (laughs) leg. (laughs) Perfect. How's that pipe feel? Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you. Hey, what's that smell? Oh. It's your carbon fiber. Right. Yeah, it's your carbon fiber. Did I just run over line. a plastic bag or something? Oh, <laughs> right. oh. oh man. So, uh, but that's just just a, a those of you at home that are under the $10 Patreon level the past 30 seconds. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's exactly right. Just on an FYI, I have a really long message. Do here. it. Well, it's from Matt Davidson. and. <sighs> All right. He's, as he says, a little bit gruntled. He should be gruntled. He's not sending any messages to the Patreon. Well. If he says he is. He seems he has a bone to pick with you. He, you know what? He's you know more about than, this? You know what? He's, he's fired several shots over the bow, John. Let me tell you that. Okay. Yeah. Am I just getting in the middle of this? Somehow? I don't know. I, hey, hey. I don't, all I, I know I is. I feel like I'm not reading this out loud just yet. I think we need to sidebar on this before. I co- come up with a cohesive thing. Like, <laughs> now I don't know whether I'm in trouble with him or not. If I if I get into this, or who, hey, I, uh, I have to live with both of you, and <laughs> well, I, I have I'm to intrigued. live with both of you. <laughs> I know I am. I am too. I'm a little interested well, now. now. <laughs> you can't just throw a it's, teaser. It's, like, see, I, know, I mean, right? see, as most of his gruntleness is a picture you put up that made it to YouTube. Oh, YouTube. Was it one of his famous pictures and somehow it got out there or something like that? I don't know. I have no idea. We I mean, might have to think about this. 
Yeah, I have abs. We've never posted a picture like, oh, this is going to YouTube. Uh, well, his words were, you know, he he had consent. We didn't. Really. Oh, this was the consent episode. It might be. This oh. was the consent episode. Oh, my. Yeah. This was the episode about I mean, consent. This is how much it is. Oh, my God. That's a that's a, so that's an eight-pager. We probably need to read that off. We probably should. Yes. Maybe we'll have to respond to this next podcast, Matt. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I I have to share this with Phil. Because it sounds and, like yeah, and the other thing too is like I've, you've written quite a tome. He yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm sure he has very well earned and strong opinions. You fuckers raked, raked me over the coals every goddamn week. Oh really? Oh every week. Wait, it's this, a, my favorite kind. Of we so haven't fun. been that reliable feedback. about anything. Yeah. Does he work for Harley kind of, Davidson? Okay, is this Matt Davidson of the famous Harley Davidson? I was gonna say no. is this a Harley <laughs> Davidson sportster? Dude, we. We can't even we rake over the coals. We can't even give our podcast <laughs> listeners a podcast every week. So I know, like, right? right. And Matt, right. I don't remember raking Matt over the coals. How was that? Were we? Do I know this we, guy? Well, how were we punking <laughs> on him? I got to go now. I got to listen to a podcast to find out what oh, we said. Man, don't, I can't. don't listen to the. Yeah, old I'm not episodes. fucking doing that. Don't do don't it. I don't even listen to my voice every week. It's fine. Don't do it. It's oh, not worth it. All kinds of cozy. Dudes. Wow. Jesus. I'm so what lost right now. G- generic I have no idea. Viagra. I, I don't know. You'll you'll have He's, to read this. I don't one. Know, does he own a Dude, he writes he writes a good letter though. Does he? Dude does writes he write a, a good letter. Sportster and does he does he? Uh, no no Does no. he bootleg Viagra to Mexico? Tom, you weren't even here for this. God damn. Do you don't even remember? No. Matt Davidson in his prime. You missed all that. Okay. But that's 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 fine. Well, uh, I mean, it doesn't get into here. Good Lord, that is a really long email. He was fucking, he was punking us for everything. Right, right, right. Everything. He was taking shots at us left, right, and center. But then right. he's saying, speaking of actually wrenching, I've got, a, I've got an odd one that I cannot figure out for the life of me. 64 Dream 250 is running... Running away when the clutch is pulled in between gears. Yeah. Adjust the clutch, Matt. Oh, man. You don't know how to man. adjust the clutch? Let's rag on him. Some- no. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm like, man, I. I was John extending the old olive branch. I mean, I mean, on the one hand, the olive branch. I love how John went from "We're going to be diplomatic. We're going to review this letter in great detail. We're going to come up with a concise approach to this." Oh, tech tip. Oh, so wait, you're going to bust my balls and ask me for advice? Oh, and you know what? He's sending it to John because if you're busting my balls, I'm not going to give you tech help. Right. Right. But anyway, but John always will give you tech help. Uh, it starts. It's uh, let's let's look. We're not going to give him a tech tip. All right, until you, we man. read his whole. Until well, we read well, his whole. I guess you're going to have to wait till next week. Yeah, when we read your letter, and then you'll have another disgruntled letter no, on right. top of the disgruntled letter, and it's going to get real weird because the disgruntledness is going to be going back and forth and swirling around and around. I think it's better if we put him on simmer for at least a week. Well, yeah. apparently we've been busting Ooh, his balls. Shadow band. He is still an. Ad, he, I think he's not a Patreon anymore, but, but he's still an avid listener. There he was. He, te- he messaged me earlier today and said he wanted to know if we were doing the podcast. Our critics tonight. are some of our best listeners. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I sat through every disgusting minute of this shit twice. <laughs> <laughs> so have I. But somehow, I mean, I think he he wants an apology for. Oh well, I. You know what? We will review the tape. Yeah. We we'll will review the tape. We got to do some research and find yeah. out where we look, are. Look, look. The last, good news is Sleepy last, put all of them on YouTube. Right. Well, last, I mean, last yeah. podcast we ate crow over the uh, over the. Oh, we've proven we can eat crow. Yeah, we've proven we can. So, eat crow. If, but then he is talking about another bottle of Cedar Ridge and maybe some THC infused seltzer for sin. So, so this. So I want you to know, with Matt Davidson, yeah, it's nuts. Like it's thing. an. It can be an ugly love affair. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It I mean, could I'm be all a little in if he brings me some fucking tea. <laughs> it could be, it could be a little Sleepy. bit of a Sleepy will apologize. It might be a little like bit nobody's of nobody's business. Yeah. A little bit of an abusive relationship going there. Oh. With Matt Davidson. Like a hot chick. Well, you know. <laughs> if if they yeah, yeah. Everybody they're, should they're, everybody should date a stripper at least they're, once. They're crazy. <laughs> That's it. Oh Matt. Too much car for you, son. All right. You guys want to sometimes Matt's gonna have to be able to respond to all this real time. Like, uh, maybe well, come, this is why I keep coming to the podcast. This is why I keep recommending a, a Discord. Ohio. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right on. It's on the Discord. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's that's fantastic. But I know that he really wanted to write this long thing, and so I don't think we can read it word for word without reading it all first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then and then asking for tech tips. We need to be prepared and talk with our lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> as your as your lawyer as your lawyer, I advise you to drink that bourbon. Very, I am gonna drink that good. bourbon. <laughs> I thought about this bourbon all day. All right. So would you like to hear a letter from a Patreon? The yes. Hate, the hate mail? Let's get on with it. Wait, can I circle you back an to actual pa- an actual Patreon? <laughs> I'd like to circle back real quick to Barber. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Please yeah. do, yeah. I love Barber. I'm just going to say. I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, really I don't think I ever out. said it in those words. I love you, Barber. <laughs> look, look. Bar, 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 I love you, Barber. Bar, bar. Well, I'm going to make a concerted effort to make sure I'm at Barber next year so I can develop them. It's yeah, we're we're like as soon as the tickets come up, I'm I'm just going to bounce on it. So that's I, cool. I love Mid Ohio too. Don't get me wrong, Mid Ohio's like your drunk uncle, you know. But um, <laughs> Barber is it's class act and it's fun. No, just saying that is you know, and that's the idea. Is everybody does need to have that? Like you got to compare them. You got to literally yeah. be like, I got two uncles. One of them might have just actually took 30 bucks out of my wallet without asking. And the other guy might have got me like a really cool thing. But they're still my uncles and I love them. You know? That's it. In case you're wondering which uncle it is, Mid-Ohio is the first one. Yeah, right. So so what you're saying is Mid-Ohio is Uncle Touchy. I've never gone to the hospital because of going to a museum. Mm. And I've gone to the hospital because of Vintage Days. Uncle Touchy. At AMA Vintage Days. (laughs) So Mid-Ohio is a... uh, Honda Trail 90 barn find that barely yes. runs. Yes, that's true. Um, yep. Barber Vintage is like a fully restored Honda Trail 90. Or yeah. maybe a Honda Hunter, Hunter Cub, a brand <laughs> right. new one. Yeah, like, yeah, like a brand new Hunter Cub. I love them That's both. some jackass-based right. in Grand Fort Meekum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. That seems fair. That seems I have no fair. problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I All right, here we go. Get that out there. Yeah. So you guys may remember a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago, because he remembers. Okay, well, yeah. Ryan Hegdahl. Probably a Viking. Because uh, <laughs> that's what he does. He runs the Bifrost. That's his job. Right. Call him uh, Hegdal. Right. Hegdal. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for the advice a couple of episodes ago. He's the guy that had his grandfather's Honda CB750K, 77CB750K, with 77,000 miles on it. Yep. And he was talking about how far it should go into the cylinders. And he was also talking about the idea of potentially running his Honda, his vintage MT, Elsinore mm-hmm. with no battery, but instead using a uh, uh, capacitor. Capacitor, yeah. Right. And we said, I should all over that. There you go. Okay. You know I would. Well, we didn't lose a listener. Oh, good. Okay. He's back. Hey, guys, thanks for the advice a couple of episodes ago. I'm still a little new to working on bikes, but have been building stock car engines and dirt track cars for almost 20 years now. Oh, that dude can make anything work, I bet you. Right. Thus, the reason for asking about the pistons, because in an engine you will be rebuilding two to three times a year, 
Pistons are regularly reused, unlike the piston in my 13, 2013 KXF that we talked about, yeah. that I just sold after putting its fifth piston in Jeez. in two years, partially because I'm just hard on stuff. And honestly, dirt bikes, that's, that's a different science. That's fair. That's a different science. We don't keep dirt bike pistons around. Mm, I mean, They're cheap. I know I argued against, you know, yeah. like, hey, if they look good, keep them. Right. They do have 77,000 miles on them. Honestly, like I well, said, no, this like is the, I said, this is a dirt bike. This is a KFX. Oh, okay. this is we're, his dirt bike. Talking, yeah, yeah, right. okay. We're talking about his dirt bike, <laughs> and it doesn't it. matter because he sold it. So the dirt bike is not an issue. John's like rubbing his nose and getting ready to go. He's like, Davidson's got him worked up a little yeah, bit. He does. Yeah, <laughs> okay, right. I'm just saying. Like, I, he's the only one that's seen it. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I don't really so care about much except the bikes. I don't care about the people. I don't care about you. I don't care about any of you or any of this. I only care about the bikes. And the naked pictures. And the right. naked pictures. And the naked pictures. Mostly, yeah, right. that's. I love right. you. So too, if you're buddy. going to send us dick pics, so he's sold care of. We never said what kind of naked pictures. Right. He's, he sold his th- 2013 KXF, and he, he did mention that, right? Uh, so he, he did put five pistons in in two years. Yay. Jeez. But I'm going to go back to the thing where he says, in an engine, you'll be rebuilding two to three times a year. Because he's doing what? He's doing motorsports. He's racing cars. Right, okay. And on the topic of taking my MT to vintage days, unfortunately, my Elsinore will not be ARMA legal due to the use of a 1999 Gas Gas TXT321 fork, custom-made 6061 triple set, and its Brembo Hebo brake setup front and rear... You know shit, really? Right. You're not arm illegal? Right. Shocking. Well, Shocking. If you're good enough to put all that on it, you could take it all back off and throw some shit on it for the weekend. Pending in fact, in- you could probably go there and buy it and put it on. Pending engine inspection on the MT125 engine, I may be swapping the old trials engine in as well, but will require some major frame alterations. So that one is a last resort. Wait, I'm trying to understand trials so, engine. Don't that be a four-stroke? I mean, what did we? No, I think what he's talking. <laughs> right, right. Well, the motorcycle what, what? of Theseus, right here. Exactly. <laughs> this is exactly right. It's got the original sail, Tom. The original, right, right. There's like one right. piece of the backbone that's still on this, And this guy started off with like, I just started working on motorcycles. Yeah. He's, like, he's like the guy, like, you guys want to play poker? I don't really know how to play. Right. But, uh, and he brings out his own chips. Yeah, right. <laughs> with his name on them. Right. Let me yeah. see what you got over there. I'll right. fold that. Four right. aces, yeah. yeah, fold. Did he just rope a dope? I, yeah. Nah. All right. You so look anyway. up, he's the second founder of Penton. <laughs> this, is, this is a segue by the way <laughs> pending engine inspection on the mt125 engine so he's saying the motor he has an mt125 engine that came with the frame we assume because all that's left of this bike is the seat the frame and the motor right right because everything else has been swapped right except, for the, like pi- except for the pistons like okay all right piston piston no, the pistons, Tom, were in the fucking Kawasaki. Get with Not the program. necessarily. He, he said he sold the Kawasaki, <laughs> then he changed five pistons in. Right, he might be changing three pistons in the MT. Tom, it was a five-cylinder Kawasaki. <laughs> so, so wait, he put a Banshee piston in the MT? No, guys. God damn it. It's in front of you, man. Okay. No, the cylinder was empty. That's why I right? put the piston in. In the Kawasaki or on the Honda? <laughs> wait, wait. Third base. I'm going to go outside and shoot myself. <laughs> All right. You may continue without me. But what I do like, when he says, like, pending an engine inspection on the M1- MT125 engine, look, 
You said you can't race an Arma because your suspension and hot shit brakes, right? Right. Your fork, your suspension, your hot shit brake. You're not going to race an Arma. Right. My question is, why on earth do you still have an MT-125 engine in this sack of shit? Here's why. <laughs> because he might be swapping the old Trials engine as well. And I think, I think you're right. I think that somewhere in his world, he has a gas gas. 321 motor. That would be the trials motor. Mm, okay. Okay? But putting a gas gas trials motor into an MT-125 Elsinore, which isn't even technically from the same century, right. might require a, a wee bit of fitment, mm. right? I, I, I You're going to have to get out the hot melt glue. You, you are <laughs> going to need to get out the electric some, metal melter. Some yes. glitter, yeah. a little yeah. bit. Of, yeah. A visit so, to the old Harbor Freight would be in order. Yep. So again... He says, P.S., great job on pronouncing my last name. People almost never get it right, even after I say it to them. I yeah. Honestly, that's a pretty easy one. So oh, you mean Ryan's problem? Right. What, uh, right. What's wrong with the original gas gas? He only had, it was totaled or something? I've got a feeling he, that the gas gas isn't running because he took the fork off of it. He took the suspension. No, he took the brakes I, off of it. I think, I, I think, Why I, don't you put everything back on the gas gas? Because at this point you're building the gas gas. I think the gas, gas, I think the gas, gas. I think the gas gas has a bent frame. Okay, that would make some sense. Right. If it's a donor bike, then right. yeah, I think the gas gas probably has a bent frame. Or, I mean, is it a gas gas a straight now, trials bike? Because it's not fun to ride. A they don't make bike. no gas gas any other kinds of bike right. bikes. No, it's they the do. gas. They make a few. No, that's the drop seat trials thing where you're supposed to do backflips over a mobile home. Like gas gas has quite a few dirt bikes, like red uh, okay, gas Okay, we stand gas. corrected, but the one he has is a trial. Yeah, the right. one he's got well, is a trial. No, but that was my so, point. Yeah. My point is if it's trial bike, they're not really a lot of fun to ride after you do some trials. Like so, you're not going down trails happily on a trials bike. Are we talking about the Honda or the Kawasaki or the gas gas? <laughs> gas gas, the Kawasaki's gone, boys. Third base. Yeah. Phil, it's Heimdall is the one that's the... Uh, that's what I said. He no. runs the Bifrost. Hegdahl is not... Hegdahl runs the Bifrost. No, Heimdall. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just to let you guys know what motorcycle he has. You know what what bike We're is. We're very confused about this because either a gas gas, an Elsinore, or a Kawasaki. But you said the Kawasaki's gone, so now he's got a ga- half a gas gas and half a Honda. Well, I'm gonna cast cast this up to the picture so you guys can see it. This is the gas gas. Right. He's got half a gas gas. He just has a gas. Right. He's, only a gas. <laughs> He's just right. got gas. So the TXT three twenty one is yeah, not a street legal gas gas. Yeah. So to be to be as clear as we can possibly be, a TXT three twenty one is not something that you can race in Arma vintage class no. on the mid Ohio. Right. Is the MT? I mean, <gasps> that one MT one twenty five could have been street legal at one point. Oh well, yeah. Is it street legal now? Or do you know why? Do we? Do you know why you know that it was street legal at one point? Because uh, you spent the last podcast talking about batteries. Yeah, and <laughs> lights. Putting, putting lights and everything. I wasn't sure if he was actually right. Well, but he did say turn signals, didn't he, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know that in general that they are. And I'm, well, my biggest question, you know, I'm from Ohio. Does he have a title? I mean, he actually is putting it on the street. Then that does make some sense. You know, <coughs> you've got me. this one bike here that has a titled frame and everything, and you can ride it on the street. So you're going to put everything, move everything off of the gas gas onto that. Yeah, exactly. We're right. riding on the street. Right. Yeah. And, and I kind of see I'm that. Just, I'm just not sure because, I mean, the only time I've ever seen specifically this bike was with Scott Smallwood <laughs> doing a whoopee after uh, Alex showed up with him at a rally one time. I've <laughs> ridden two trials and bikes 
on the street in my life. And both of them were trials bikes that were identified as being street legal trials bikes. The first was the Honda Reflex. Yeah. Which was bad. The second. Thank you for that because I've always wanted to buy one and now I don't. I, I refer you to any one of the 9,000 articles written, written in Cycle World magazine about how Honda tried to market that to young people as being a street legal 250cc motorcycle, but it's, yeah, 200cc, Reflex 200, thank yeah. you, TL, yep. TL 200. TL 200. But it really, it's just a too heavy trials bike, right? And the second one was the Sherco. And I rode the Sherco, and the Sherco was their cross. Like, it was their cross bike. It was supposed to be a street and a trials bike. And even that was very unrideable at the, on the freeway, for sure, and really bad for kind of the middle-of-the-road shit. So I, I, I mean, really, I was thinking when he's talking about putting that motor and trying to ride that on the street, it's going to be yeah. a really weird transmission, mm-hmm. unless it was originally... See, because even, like... The Sherco has. Did a you ride the Sherco? I didn't get to ride the Sherco. First, you, you second, a, and you third. You put a gear? second anus in yourself before I got a chance to ride it. <laughs> Joe was like, I think I can't wait to bring it around. And I'll take that thing for a ride. Right. And then he was like, No, he's bleeding. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got side from his butthole. And then <laughs> the, uh, you took it and you parked it way in the back, and we're like, Nuh. Yeah, that thing's cursed. Well, so first, second, and third gear are all lower than any other motorcycle's right. first gear. Yeah. And then fourth and fifth gear are like any other motorcycles. Right. Second and third. But or that's third because and fourth. that was purpose built to be a street trail. It, the a whole street trial. Yeah, the whole idea was this motor is gonna just be, uh, be a short ratio of five speed. Yeah. And so you have choices. You can leave it low geared so you can do trials with it. You need a dual sprocket on the back or something, or what are you gonna do? You know, like So I, I think his that. idea of that motor that's in the gas gas three twenty one is a great liquid-cooled motor that's going to give you way fucking more power than you'll ever want or need as long as it's going into a transmission that has the gear range that can support it to 75 or 80 miles an hour. It's still going to kind of be wrong, though, too, because... It's still a light-switch two-stroke. No. Well, yes. I think this one's a four-stroke, actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I need my spectacles in because I really can't see what it is. Mm -hmm. I I assumed it was a two-stroke. But even still, yeah. when they build those two strokes for the trials bike, a two stroke can actually be a really torquey motor, and they don't build them peaky. This one like, is two stroke, so yeah. it's so it's not going to be a peaky. It's not going to want to be like Rip. seventeen hertz per. Yeah, three hundred and twenty eight cc's. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, and that's sixteen horsepower at fifty two hundred RPM. Okay, so right? you're yeah. almost better off with the MT motor because the MT motor probably put out almost uh, over ten. Maybe 12. It might even do 17 horsepower Mm -hmm. with the right transmission for street trail. You know, so I don't know. I agree that he's not allowed an arm in class because the bike is basically an empty frame, an empty motor, but aftermarket suspension front and rear. So arm is not going to let him play, play along with them. So at this point, cut bait, put the froggy motor in it, have fun or Keep I, the MT motor in it. And, I would. I'd run the yeah. MT motor. For, I'd. I'd put. I'd look at the MT motor. I would too. I'd put it back in and I'd ride it like that. I would too. And see what it's like. If it, yep. yeah, I don't know that you're going to gain a whole lot by putting that 321 in it. And it does have the lifespan of a two-stroke. I mean, if you really wanted right. to do, if you're going to do something like that, then mm-hmm. do something fun, like put a CR125 liquid cooler. I'd really. You know, like, I, do something I bet you this motor's. I bet you this motor's a lot froggier because remember this is a 300 this is just like that Sherco I was riding yeah. 
This is a large, large single-cylinder two-stroke. Yeah. Um, 328 cc's of two-stroke is fucking scary. It's going to have a lot yeah. of bottom end. Uh, it's they, a six-speed gearbox. It's, not, so, it's, it's yeah. counterintuitive, but those yeah. two-strokes can have bottom end. Oh, yeah, they can. Yeah, very much so, especially trials bikes. They will stand you right up and make you... Uh, well, that's well, why people love rip a hole in your ass. two-stroke trail bikes is because yeah. they'll tractor uphill. You yeah. can get things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Very interesting. Very interesting letter, though, because that idea, that's a real fucking dog's breakfast. Mm. You know, that's kind of all over the place. Yay. That's, that, I love that shit. Bring I'm still trapping, trying to wrap dog's my mind breakfast. around it. but I, I, I maybe, maybe he just wanted that motor in a motorcycle that has seat on it. Yeah, that's the yeah. other thing too. I want to be able to right. sit down. I would love to sit down. See, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be figuring yeah, out legs are tired. I'd be figuring out a way to put a fake gas tank in a seat and just call it a day. <laughs> you know, like like a, a Tomos or no a Pook moped. Yeah. You know, just getting a little for a motorcycle that's called gas gas. It doesn't look like it carries much. No, that's right? true too. Good yeah. point. Yeah, it doesn't look like it holds a whole lot of that. The gas, gas. Right. Uh, anyway, thought that was pretty pretty fucking badass. Uh, I'm the, interested. Maybe we'll see it at Mid Ohio next year. Yeah, yeah, around, yeah. Around right. the barrels because he's not racing in Arma. Well, that's the point. Is if if they won't let you on the track with a license and a ticket, then you got to go out and be an asshole on the exactly the other twenty thousand acres everywhere else. Everywhere, else. everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Else. Yeah, you know, I got to come out and annoy you assholes because they wouldn't let me join. Hey, there's always the hair scrambles, you and know, we know they will let anything in the hair scramble. I was also thinking about Mid-Ohio, and they got the people across the street from us over there. Yeah. I wonder if they'd rent us their yard. <laughs> and then we could just do barrel racing over there. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, no, that's an entire uh, liability issue. Oh, <laughs> man. I, I can tell you from some experience that just because one thing happened this year doesn't mean the same thing will happen next right. year. That's been true. Like there have yep. been all kinds of little adjustments here and like one year they did this and it was like, oh, but then it went away. So we'll see. Yeah, there you go. That's, and that's exactly it. I've never seen Mid-Ohio be the same event twice. Mm-hmm. I've never ever said, go ahead, Dan. Did you see they repaved the track? Yeah. yeah. Finished like a week ago. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. I, had a, I had a friend that... Uh, has a track bike, and he specifically held on to it when he was going to sell it this year because he wants he wants to ride it there next year. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Fresh, fresh pavement. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm well, the same exact thing. I, I'm absolutely looking forward to doing a track day or two. Well, you know, Ohio. that was part yep. of the deal to get um, Moto America back, and that's why we get to have Moto America weekend, which is kind of a throwback <laughs> to AMA Vintage Days yeah. next year, because they agreed to repave the track. That was, oh. That was because they're going to bring that's a whole other Really? Weekend. Oh, yeah, because Moto America is actually picking up steam. They're starting to get crowds of 10, 15,000 people at the weekends. So that's going to be another big boost for Middle That Ohio. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of that. Okay. Speaking of podcast advice we gave in the past, Stump the Chumps, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember uh, Brian sent us a message about apparently he had a lightning strike at his house and the battery tender jumped in front of his motorcycle and saved it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. Guess what? What's up? He's done some forensic diagnostics. Nice. All right. He figured out where the smoke came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here you go. Uh, based on your extensive discussion of my situation on the podcast, I went and performed an autopsy on the chargers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very nice. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, the fuses inside the chargers were all still good, which is news to me. I didn't think they had fuses. Oh, no, no, I think they just had points where explosions happened and nothing (laughs) went through them anymore. If you want to call that a fuse, I guess it's a fuse. Actually, I should check that. That's exactly what a fuse is. Right, exactly. (laughs) I I didn't think it'd be necessary. Like, I took the black plastic housing apart. There'd actually be something in there I'd recognize as a fuse. I just thought there would be a gap that was a little thinner than the rest of them. And the, when we were kids working on Dodges, we called those fusible links. <laughs> and it was just the spot where the electricity couldn't fit through anymore, and it would burn up, and that solved your problem. Okay. Unfortunately, the fuses inside the chargers were all still good. <clears throat> I did find the failure. It was a bit obvious. I found a cratered hole in one of the magic parts inside. Look at the image posted here. And uh, I'm going to tell you that his, uh, the magic hole, oh, it's, yeah. it's legit. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's legit. Oh, in, in the microchip, no loss. And that's that the processor. A, yeah. Yeah. So if that's you're... a wild spot. So your rock is no longer broadcasting electricity. I'm going to tell you this. If you had a fuse in this, <laughs> if there was a fuse inside this, it didn't work. No. Yeah. <laughs> so if the fuse lived and this didn't, well, there's nothing that could have helped you. That, that, that microprocessor is not that microprocessor is guffucked, right? It is done. Uh, it has experienced ein thermal event. Yep. I don't think there's any better way to say it. Yep. Uh, he says, in my defense, my chargers were the Junior 800 model, and did in fact have the lithium mode. Oh, he says, yeah, I've been doing lithium for years. They are now parts donors and gave their lives so that the bikes could live on. So I will be ordering new fuses, aka Optimate battery maintainers. Thank you, Brian. So oh, hey, that's crazy. Uh, but how many people on this podcast have said that my garage got hit by lightning? Mm, not me. And my bikes didn't actually explode. That were plugged into wiring that was hit by lightning. Right. Because wiring is a tremendous conductor of lightning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it works, right? Um. I'd rather be stand. I'd rather be in the beanbag chair when lightning hits the house, than be like near the fuse panel, right? Right, or in the shower. Well, right? you got a ball, ball of copper wire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> standing That's, on the roof, screaming at God, holding a lightning rod. Yeah, but look at that. I mean, look at that computer chip. That yeah, is that is impressive. That's just. Exploded right yep. in the middle. But I like so, how I like how it's a crater where you can actually see that oh, it yeah. emanated from the bot base and just shot out. I can almost hear the noise it made. Right? Yes. If you couldn't, if you could hear anything <laughs> after the lightning struck your house, because yeah. I've heard that's loud. Also true. <laughs> Maybe you could just have them send you a new chip and you'll mm. put it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be worth a shot. I'd like Look to see if that worked. I, I checked. His last name is not short enough to be the guy who makes those installs those chips. You yeah. need a, there's a, you can do that. We have a special machine that you. Oh yeah, right. it has to heat up all this everything yeah. all yeah. at once and pull it out. You can yeah. use a heat gun. You sure. can literally use a heat oh, gun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or you could buy a fifty-two dollar Optimate if you pay full retail. <laughs> What's your time's worth? Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that picture, man. I just think that's the coolest thing. Uh, Apparently, you weren't an only child in the winter in your dad's basement with nothing to do but play with computer okay, chips. Children have no spendable currency whatsoever. That's great. You learned that skill way back when. But now I think your time's probably worth money. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly right. Right? Yeah. 
So I was uh, in the garage as we all, repairing, replacing this chip we, on this board. So, uh, you know, well, we, but it's only it's OK because the other guy was upstairs fucking my wife. So I had we, some free time. As we've all learned, child labor means you can charge only $60 for this oh, component, man, for the whole thing, for, for everything thing. that goes in it. Yeah. Yeah. That level of technology when I was a kid before child labor and, you know, China and places that would have been like a $400 charger, even in $1980. <laughs> Shit would have been expensive, man. I would, I would have built my own out of one of those Radio Shack kits. <laughs> uh, the Radio Shack kit, as they, opposed to the Heath kit. The Heath, the Heath kit, kit actually worked. Charger, yeah. The Radio Shack kit didn't. Okay. Was that the, realistic? The Radio Shack yeah. realistic. was realistic, yeah. Realistic. I had a realistic thing that went on my bicycle handlebars that played music out of one side, and if you had the yellow button on if you hit it, it made a sound that sounded like what a horn sounds like if you ask a, a transistor radio to pretend it's a horn. <laughs> it was like an AM radio pointing this way, and it was like the world's worst horn pointing that way. But what it did do was it did transport six D-sized batteries anywhere you wanted six dead D-sized batteries to go. <laughs> and if you hit the right bump on it's your... It's ballast. Yeah. <laughs> it would kept you from doing a wheelie is what it did. But yeah, when you did land the bike and it would explode into pieces... The shit went everywhere and was super sharp. So I crashed my bicycle into that thing. Oh, yeah. And I ended up with a six-inch cut on my chest because it was predated safety. Oh, yeah. So, like, the bracket stayed on the bike. The radio went away, but the two large, jagged metal things that held it to the bicycle were still there. And I'm like, they won't sell kids ATVs now because they're afraid the kid's going to eat it and get lead poisoning. Right. Like, like you can't buy a kid's ATV because of laws that concern how much lead is oh, in the ATV. Tau Tau still, will still send you one. They, of course they will. <laughs> yes. But like the only rule about, you know, the safety of that thing is more concerned with eating it than actually <laughs> yeah. crashing on it. Or You've met a kid, right? Making they will it, eat it. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's 100% accurate. Um, I could, I could so, ride it through the yard or I could eat it. So in yeah. the news today, um, what did we get for homework today? What did we get for homework, guys? Apparently, um, Coleman now has a new mini bike that has a CBT. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but And I thought it was interesting because you sent that, and it has all the features and more speed than the $9,000 the land electric bike. <laughs> You're kidding me. No. You're kidding me. No, the top speed of that thing is like 65 yeah. miles an hour, and it has a range of like 45 miles. You're fucking so, kidding me. No. Really? So oh, for no, 850, no, no. you can just buy the Coleman mini bike that, yes, it's not electric, but now that thing will probably do 55 miles an hour, and that little tiny tank that comes on there will probably do 45 miles. Oh, my God. So for for just eighty seven hundred dollars less. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Look, I didn't really look into it. I saw it. Right. It, it showed up in my it showed up in my yeah. email twenty minutes before I sent the post out, and yeah. I was just like, oh, I know my idiot friends will like to chew on this, right? Right? Because they're all queer for mini bikes, yeah. right? And when I sent that out, all I saw was it wasn't orange. <laughs> okay seriously that's the only thing i well, saw the, B, the bt200 which is what you have which is the what is the big tube 200 is you mean that, it's signs for something it yeah, stands B, for something BT is for yeah, big, big tube. tube right yeah that's why that's why it looks like somebody just like a kid You're drew a, a mini bike it's a big tube <laughs> <laughs> no yes yeah. it actually is big tube 200 
Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now it may be bullshit, but it actually so is. it's like everything it's like, I've ever seen it's like beat the, those tubes. Like Cannondale bicycles had fat tubes. If you yeah. look at if you look at the CT two hundred, which is the old school red one that everybody I'm bought before, fucking they're shocked. a really thin tube. But if yeah. you look at yours, it's the BT, the big tube. I seriously had no idea it actually <laughs> stood for something. So now you've got the B two hundred. What is it? The RB two? No, I think it's just the standard B two hundred. Okay. Which is not the big tube. Yeah, it is not the big tube. It's a smaller tube, but they've upgraded. And we're talking about the girth of the tubes themselves. Correct. The diameter. Yours looks like Ikea drew it. It's like (laughs) it's got the swoops and everything. This again looks like a motorcycle frame. Okay. Yours looks like a piece of furniture that you ride. I'm not joking when I tell you I had I came I learned something new today. There we go. I had no fucking hey, idea. This is why we do any this. of this shit was real. And people, look, people it has know. all hydraulic brakes now. Now not it has front and rear disc, front and rear so hydraulic. It disc. has it has an LED headlight. LED headlight. All the things that you can get on the land for ninety five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta clarify. I've gotta clarify that that orange U-Haul tribute mini yeah. bike that I bought last year was one of my favorite things. Which because I've ne- I left it the fuck alone. Yes, you threatened to stab me if I get got near it. I've had I, to, still I had think, to chase him away from it three or four times. Because you know why? And the almost- one he hopped up. Has never been written. The, right. All I was gonna do was put was put cushier grips on it. You're but like, I no, still like the fact that me and John were just sitting there enjoying life, and that woman came up and just was like, "Oh, you have to call that the U-Haul or whatever the she U-Haul. said." <laughs> like it named itself. We were just like, "Yes, yes, we yeah, do." Absolutely now. correct. And, and, and from the moment it arrived in its cardboard box from China, and I took it apart and did the twenty-seven minute prep on it, right? I have loved it just for its sheer simplicity. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just based on the idea I, of like, this is the minimalist idea of what you need to get around mid-Ohio. my eight-year-old Phil is in there going, hee! Loving every yeah, fucking I've, second I've, of it. And, and the biggest reason why mine doesn't go under its own power is because I decided to overcomplicate it like a small frame Vespa. Well, <laughs> all I know is I saw the, I saw my... Keep your Peter Beaters off of it. Exactly, yeah. no kidding. I saw my basically stock one. Like, all we did was bent the metal thing that gets in the way of the the speed restrictor. We just bent that. I saw Oscar pull a 12 o'clock terrifying wheelie (laughs) on that thing at at band camp. Yep. Same with me. That thing was Where I was like, the only thing that saved him was the extraordinarily over-engineered milk crate I put on the back. (laughs) Right? Because that's the only engineering that went into the bike. I have it a is, picture of Oscar doing it. It has brought me more joy from other people riding it than even me riding it. <laughs> right. But then when I saw this, you have my attention because it costs exactly 100 more than I paid for mine. Right. But like you said, Sleepy, it has a real disc brake on it. Yep. Front that and can't back. be bad. Front and back. Front and rear. Hydraulic. Let me tell you, can I tell you about the front brake on the orange one? Yeah, it kind of does something. You, no, oh, you can't. No, I can't tell you, you about can't, it because it, it doesn't, doesn't exist. Oh, you're right. It was just a ba- yeah, correct. So I can tell you nothing about the front brake on the orange one because it doesn't exist. Right. But they do have a kit you can put one on for 150 bucks. Right. Which boom. Okay. But then you still don't have a torque converter, and you still don't have a bright headlight. Yep. This is it's a good deal. It might even fall into the category of a sore dick deal. Sure. Because you couldn't build it yourself for this cheap. And this one actually comes Trust with me. You couldn't. Some, yeah, this one actually comes with something on the back of it that you could mount a milk crate to, as opposed to I had to re-engineer mine. 
Right. Right. So I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that this is a thing that we might have to make sure one of these enters our stable for middle Ohio next I mean, year. If nothing else for comparative analysis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we wouldn't be a scientific podcast this if is, we didn't trust it. What? No electric start? This is, you know, we haven't read that far this down, is, dude. This <laughs> is kind of what we need Greg in now. No, it does have a, it does, it does have a pull starter. I mean, I can see it has right. a pull starter. Well, it's still the typical, yeah, Lin Hyde pulse was Lin or whatever Lon Shen holster motorboat knows, whatever man. it doesn't matter. Who, Take who, it off, get your little Milwaukee screwdriver and just <laughs> and start it that way. Yeah, exactly. I don't see a problem with this. No. Yeah, I don't see a problem with this. And they're even being generous in saying it has a maximum load of 200 pounds. And, and I'm going to tell you, we that's a load. I mean, that Pete, right Pete's out. already called his brother and they're doing a trip in uh, March. Oh, they were going to schedule it. <laughs> the, Col- the Coleman BDR. <laughs> I mean, let's go. It's the Coleman discovery route. Yeah. We're going to have them airdropped into the top of Pike's Peak. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, am, I am on this. Let's go. Let's do it. Come on. Let's we're do it. Let's climb, go. We're going to climb up there and then ride them down. Let's I, go. I'm not kidding. I did not think this was going to be a, a story-worthy <laughs> toy, but honestly, the one from last year did bring me immense joy. Oh, yeah. Immense joy. And that was just, that was literally a five minutes before the podcast thing where I went, hey, Phil, guess what? We bought Guess it. what's on sale. Yeah, we and bought look at it. This. It's While available at your local camping world. It is. Oh, I've learned they what? will ship it. Um, It'll show up at my shop. What is it? Tractor Supply sells yeah, them too, I was going to say, you, you, might to look, you might want to look and see because Tractor Supply has some very... I don't know if it's this good, though. I think right. it's close, but I don't know. Yeah. Camping World is where you bought yours before. I yeah, bought yeah. mine from Camping yeah. World, and it was delivered in less than four yeah. days. Oh, yeah. No, we were yeah. putting together in a week. Right. It was fucking shocking how quickly it showed up. But is that the one where you opened it and it had the small child handprints on the side of it? It did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it did. Inside the box, right. which yeah, is really yeah. weird. Well, yeah. that, like, you who know, do you think packed it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Little hands there was not a handprint on the inside of that box <laughs> bigger than like Donald Trump's gloves. Uh, it was it was pretty shocking. That it's motorcycle. Yeah. It's a motorcycle. Some I don't the care. Final assembly occurred on its way over here from China. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> like, of the why is the box the so box. big? Right. Why is the box so big? Because it's got to sleep too. It's got to sleep too. <laughs> I keep finding Cheerios. That's why I got four days. That's why I made it here in four days. There's ramen noodle packets in yeah. the corner. If if it doesn't make it there in four days, you got losses. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a real. That's fucking hilarious. Is what that is. Um, so, what do you guys think about bears? Um, Blue Ridge Parkway. <laughs> I barely oh, yeah. know anything about it. <laughs> I did live in New Orleans. Did for you a guys long not time. read the article? I did live in I New did, Orleans yeah. for a long time. Phil. I was going to say, did you not read the fucking article? <laughs> yeah. My favorite news story to hit regarding motorcycles in more than a minute <laughs> because it involves. Bears. It, bear. it involves fucking oh, bears. Are, Phil, I don't know if you know better, but there are a lot of motorcycle stories that involve bears. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm you not know, sure and I don't, you want to Google that. I don't mean. Really I don't Google mean fuzzy that. big gay men. <laughs> what I mean is that's fair. Right. Right. Yeah. I I am completely excited about the idea that um, that bears have decided to take over the motorcycle 
seen. That is not uh, the first bear I've seen on a Harley. No, it's not. And honestly, right. And honestly, not the chunkiest or the, true. the furriest. That's a baby bear. That's a baby bear, bear dude. And if that baby bear's there hanging out with people, that means that mommy's out there That's true. Now, real close. That is my absolute statement. I've spent a lot of time riding motorcycles. Um, I spent a lot of time riding motorcycles out west. And what I can assure you is do not feed the wildlife. I know buffalo look slow. They're not. Um, don't fucking feed the wildlife. You know, just leave him the fuck alone. If you're uh, doing but highway... Timmy's so cute. Look at him. He's so cute. Timmy's nice. And like right? he's, he's letting me pet him, and he's such a cool little guy. Actually, as far as black bears go, that's not a very small black bear. And that's another thing, that's too. A, that's almost a full-grown black bear. I'm going to say that bear's probably... Around 100 pounds and yeah. could probably rip your fucking lungs out. One yeah. year old. Right. Okay. So there you go, but John. That's fair. Our, our bear expert, our yep. resident bear expert. I actually, John. I actually saw this article. I read it. And the, the guy said it uh, took some bites out of his seat. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And so I don't know if you, any of you guys have ever tried to like, you know, I don't know. Bite a seat? Take a Harley Davidson seat off the motorcycle using tools to reupholster it or to change the foam padding in. It's not easy. And if Mr. Bear Bear there took some bites out of the seat, that tells you a little bit about his bite capacity. Uh, and, sm- and smuggling picnic baskets. That's exactly it. <laughs> uh, on the going to the Sun Road on Highway, one, uh, Highway 89, it's beautiful, but you have to stop occasionally as you're along this roadrunner and Wiley Coyote precipice for the bears that will come out of the woods and come up to the cars where they have trained the tourists to give them food, snacks. And the problem is they come out of the woods and, you know, idiot mommy and daddy from Wisconsin are like, that's adorable. Let's give them their sandwiches, you know? Well, the bears know this. It doesn't take them long to figure out that the big metal boxes have food in them. And uh, as long as these idiots stop and give them food, the bears will be, you know, encouraged to do it more. And... Eventually, you run out of sandwiches or you run out of marshmallows or whatever it is you're giving them, and they decide that anything inside the car is fair game, including the squishy things that just gave them the sandwiches. Right. Right? Uh, they are full of jam. Yeah. I, I would say if you're emo- like this guy in this situation, my problem with this image is that he's not on the bike taking this picture from 100 feet of way on his motorcycle idling while the bear is fucking with somebody else. His motorcycle is is parked and he let the bear get between him and his motorcycle. Yeah, but he's lucky. He's lucky sevens. He's literally lucky sevens. Uh, North Carolina plate. If I'm, I'm, I believe in that rule of, you know, don't, in the world of wildlife, don't be stupid, right? And if you can make a lot of noise and be annoying and be a little bit scary and the animal starts like fuck off and go somewhere else. He's on a Harley. He could have made a fucking shit ton of noise. Yes, he could have. Stop at a light makes all the noise. Those do look like stock pipes, though. Uh, Why do you think the bear is interested in in the Harley? It's potatoes. Because bears love riding Harley. Probably because there's food in the saddle. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I think there's a 12-inch hoagie in the left saddle bag. I think that bear is zeroed in to something that is delicious. 
There's a because ride to eat, eat to ride over there. Yeah. Well, here's here's a unpopular opinion, but at the same time, there's another shot of this, and the bear's face is buried in the back seat, the passenger seat. Yeah, so they said go. that po- possibly that their passenger might have had um, a situation. Um, oh, f- whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, I'm just all right. saying. Go for the cheap joke, but no, no. I didn't, it was a post boy thing. Yeah. I'm not making a joke. Pete, have you ever had any animals break into your camp? Uh, break into the camp, not so much, but I've encountered plenty of wildlife on the trail. And um, we ran into two bears last year when we were out in Washington State on the Washington BDR. Um, we had to stop and lift our bikes over a fallen tree. <clears throat> and then two minutes after we went across the tree, here comes a big bear across the same trail. And we are like, holy shit. If he would have showed up when we were lifting the bikes over the trees, we'd have been... You know, yeah, I'm not able to like outrun right. them. No, no, you know? yeah, I've I've seen tons and tons of bears. When I went to Alaska, the first time I saw a bear, I about fell off the bike. I was so excited. Like by the end of the trip, I'd seen so many fucking bears. That's it was nice. like seeing a squirrel. <laughs> My experience, yeah, yeah. Though when we stopped in Washington before getting on the Alcan Highway, because when I went, it was very very long ago, and the Alcan Highway was chip tar and gravel. You know, and it's only it's only somewhat recently been whole paved, right? But when I went, it was pretty rough. It was pretty evil for a very long distance. And this very gentle, this very cool guy that was at the BMW dealership that was helping us get our shit together and making fun of me for riding a Honda Interceptor to Alaska. And he's like, you're not going to like, that's not going to work out well. But he gave me a lot of really good advice. But one of the best advice he gave me was he was like, remember, you can only pee on bridges. You're going to have to explain yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the military. I've heard some shit, but you're, you I'm can only pee on bridges. A little more info, please. You better have a very good reason why I can only pee on bridges. Yeah. And he says, well, this is that time of the year where if you just pee where you need to pee, it's you, the bike, your buddies, and an entire forest full of animals that want to eat, Predators. You, eat your stuff. Yeah. And you, and you're the most interesting thing they've heard all day. So they're going to come towards the sound and they tend to gravitate towards the road anyway, because there's things along the road that they can forage for that they like. Okay. Bridges. So yeah. So you don't pee until you're in the middle of a bridge. So you get to the middle of the bridge and then you pee. Why? Because you can see them coming in either direction. Yep. I've told that to at least 200 people. What happens if two bears appear at either end of the bridge? You still have enough time to put your dick away and get on your motorcycle. And it's all about time. It's all about just giving yourself a little bit of an advantage. (laughs) Right. Because I've seen golfers get taken by alligators near the the water hazard, right? Um, Because they get up on you real quick. Well, what you you don't want to have is an animal that knows how to work camouflage in a camouflaged area as close as possible to you. So it turns out using a man-made object like a bridge gives you some lead time. Now, whilst peeing on said bridge, following the rules, I was like, man, that guy's crazy, but I'm not taking any chances. And I looked to my right and there was a fucking bear coming up on the bridge. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Seriously. Right. 
I never questioned that advice, not once ever. So this is a tech tip. Tech tip from your uncle Phil. From your uncle Phil. If you're out in the woods, yep. Always pee in a bridge. Only Al can. No, I think this goes for anywhere, honestly. Well, yeah, Yeah. that's fair. I mean, this guy, if he had stopped taking a piss on a bridge instead of whatever, he wouldn't have got his seat fucked up. Exactly. Right. He wouldn't have made CNN, or at least Lucky Seven S wouldn't have made. It wouldn't have made the news either. Yeah. That's true. That's exactly it. Your Mustang seat would still be intact. Here's another thing I learned about Alaska. You said bears are like seeing a squirrel. You know what else is the bald eagles? Oh, yeah. My whole life, I hadn't seen a bald eagle outside of a zoo my entire goddamn life until I got to Alaska. And then you realize that's where they keep the nation's stockpile of bald eagles. <laughs> it's the warehouse. <laughs> it's like seeing pigeons in, uh, in right. the park. Right, yeah. So I'm inside a truck stop still on, technically on the Alcan, and they're, they're not common. You know, It's not like, oh, you can take your pick between Exxon and BP. When you see one, you fucking stop, and they know it. And some of them are set up. They have a little thing in the back you can sleep in and pay, you know, pay some money and spend the night if you're you know, whipped. But they usually are pretty good for food, and they're, they're set up. And there's a sign above the door. I'm inside the place. And it says, absolutely no food outside. Well, don't be an asshole, you know? I got this ham, egg, and cheese sandwich that's as big as my fucking head. And it's, it was about $20, because if you've been up there, you understand your money doesn't go very far. I get this thing, and it is delicious. But I'm on an adventure trip, one of the biggest, best adventure trips of my life. I'd never been on anything like this in my life. I want to go outside and look at the mountain. And it's that kind of misty weather that's just perfect. So I'm like, I'm going to take my giant sandwich, and I'm going to go outside and appreciate this beauty. And there's cool shit out there I want to look at, like, you know, big off-road vehicles and shit. Bears. I get outside oh, the door. It's worse. I get outside the door, and I make maybe four steps outside the door, and an eagle takes my fucking sandwich. <laughs> now, I'd never been that close to an eagle before, but their claws are fucking huge, and I'm lucky I still have 10 fingers because it got the sandwich, and kind of my arms kind of went with it because I was kind of hanging onto the sandwich for a second. <laughs> and the, the eagle yeah. fucked off, but yep. it was the equivalent of getting landed on by a helicopter. It's eagle the, took my sandwich playing yeah. the grog shop on Saturday. <laughs> so, yeah. I turned around in absolute shock because I had gotten strafed, like the wings hit my face and stuff. And it's yeah. a traumatic experience. I don't know if you've ever had a big bird on you, but it's oh. fucking scary. And I turned around, I went back into the restaurant and I'm standing there holding like wax paper. Oh, right. And the woman behind the counter goes, you're not getting another one. <laughs> not without Asshole. $20. Right. Which tells me that she's seen this happen a lot. Well, there's, there's and you a, think she might have played the warning up so that you'd know. She trained, there, she trained that eagle. She, she told you? There's a, sign, there's a sign that I love. And it's the seagulls don't work for us. Right. Yeah. Once she, if the seagull takes your food, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. The seagulls don't yeah. work for us. That's this no, is exactly when scenario. I went outside of the restaurant. I looked, and now every dumpster had a fucking eagle on it, right? <laughs> Not painted on it, yeah. perched on it. I lost all of my appreciation for <laughs> bald eagles <laughs> and bears, yep. and shit like that in Alaska because the place is just full of them. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Did you have anybody? Did you ever have an animal come into your camp when you're camped out? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Um. <laughs> Actually, we were down on the Blue Ridge Parkway a couple of years ago, and like a herd of 
elk just came right through the camp, like 50 of them or something. What? Like, the they could have like went, well, we oh. were like camped at a place called Mile High Park, well, Mile High Campground. And um, yeah, these, uh, this herd of elk just marched right through the campground. I wonder if those are the same ones that hang out. There's a field at the end of the Blue Ridge, like as you kind of come down toward, remember John? Those were all fucking elk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that one place where we saw them. While there we had riding. to be like a hundred of them fucking things there, right? Like there was a lot. A uh, hundred might be a high number, but there were a lot. Apparently, yeah. that's a thing. So, so yeah. it didn't take long for Google to completely corroborate his story. Also, to the point of, well, this is a thing that just sort of happens. You you might want to be ready for it. Uh, this is the first picture that came up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. I think Pete knows these guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And, then, and so you're just camped up and, and the parade came through. Yes. God damn. Well, see, I think they live down in this field because there's a sign. When you get to the bottom of the parkway yeah. down in this one area, yeah. as we, like, so you come down off the mountains and you're getting to the flats at the very bottom. There's like this beautiful like field and pasture off to the left. And like a meadow. A meadow. Thank right. you. Yeah. And that's where all these motherfuckers hang out. But there's a sign that say, careful, whatever these things are. Elk. Elk, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of them dudes, man. Even on their poster for the place, as though, you know, the, the warning sign wasn't enough. On their poster, there's a fucking several elk. So <laughs> like... When you that's look, that's the place I was. Mile High Campground. That's yeah, what I just said. That's I, I googled uh, it. I, I, oh, okay. Yeah, I googled it right. for us. Right, so we could see it. Yeah, so we could appreciate it. But I love the fact that on their fucking brochure, it literally has not one, not two, but three elk. Like, like it wasn't just an empty spot in the image. They needed to fill it up with something. No, apparently you can get. Yeah. Elk. Yeah. The story got better, though. Jackson's March to the Sea with Elk. Go yeah. ahead. Keep telling it, Pete. It was Sherman's March to the Sea. So, you're right. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> History's yeah, not like my strong suit. I can cut on the details. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so when we were there, we the were in German's this little, Bomb Pearl Harbor. It was called a cabin. It was more like a shack made out of okay. like rough, <laughs> rough plywood or something, right? And it had a, l- a little porch <laughs> on the front of it. Well, mm-hmm. um, it just had bunks in there. And my brother and I are bunked up in this thing. And as soon as it gets dark, you can hear all these animals like scurrying. There's like mice scurrying across the uh, the plywood and you could hear things under the platform. It must've been like a raccoon or a skunk or something. I mean, shit, the whole place is like moving with some kind of animals. But uh, <laughs> sometime in the night, I had to get up and take a piss. So the, the door was like sticking and it was easy to get out of the cabin. I'm standing on the front porch of this cabin taking a piss. And when I go to go back in, I'm pulling on the door, and I'm trying to do it quietly so I don't wake up my brother. <laughs> well, then the door, like, releases suddenly, makes a lot of noise. <laughs> my brother gets up out of his bunk in his tiny whiteies. He's, like, swinging and screaming because he'd been hearing these animals on oh, there. Oh, yeah. And he thought I was like a, was a bear coming through the front he's door. He's absolutely, at this point. <laughs> I'm like, he, I can see him trying to, like, focus. And uh, he's, like, literally swinging and screaming. And I'm like, it's just me, it's just me, dude, it's just me. He's like, holy fuck, I thought we were getting eaten by a bear. Because you, know? you get primed. I mean, the more animals you hear, exactly. the more primed you are about like, when is that quarter-inch plywood 
between me and them not going to be enough anymore. Right. And the right. thing is, is like at 11, when you lay down in a yeah. situation, yeah. you hear what you hear is like little mice and stuff. Sure. But sure. then at 3 a.m., oh, the yeah. same sounds sound yeah. like it's just giant. Like yeah. they oh, just, yeah. the, the animals that you hear just keep getting bigger in your brain and bigger and oh, bigger yeah. and scarier. I just remember we, had a, we were on a fly-in uh, uh, fishing trip in Canada. <laughs> yeah. And we were staying in a fisherman's shack, and it's basically plywood. The front door right. was a, a plexiglass screen door. And <laughs> I, I woke up, and the people, the guys who left had just shot a bear. And they had an old 303 British up on the wall, and they're like, well, there's a bear. If, it, if, it, if it's trying to, if it's coming into camp and it's, it's being invasive, you can shoot it. Right. So I woke up sometime at night. I looked out the front door, and with the moonlight shining across the lake, and there was shot you. a big bear. <laughs> Standing up against the, and like when we came in, there were muddy bear palm prints all over the front door and all over the whole fucking cabin. And I'm like, I can't believe we're staying here. Yeah, because you are completely outnumbered. Yeah. And I'm so yeah. I'm like, dad, dad, bear, bear. It's bear. one thing if the bear prints are down low yeah. no. and they're cute little Cub Scout bear prints, but if the bear prints are fucking eight feet high. Like they've been in that cabin and raided the refrigerator, I'm yeah. sure. Like, oh, I'm uh, sure they know how to get in. So I think They've me yelling at my dad kind of scared it off, and he went out. He fired around at it. I, yeah. He's like, I didn't hit it. I, I just kind of shot at it. Yeah. I didn't really try to hit it. And no. Just make it run away. Right. But then the whole week was just fucking like, oh, you're sitting there skinning fucking pike and stuff. Right. And there's just literally food it's fish for guts everywhere. everywhere right. And yeah. it just... You lay the fish, like the you know, they would just take off with the fish, and then there was a fucking dump. Then they're dumping everything right, right behind. I'm like, you just yeah. everything is wrong here. It's literally a bear buffet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you though, Pete, Pete. I have looked at I have looked at this mile high campground. I've looked at their brochure. This is not a deluxe amenities place. No, it was cool though. It was, it was a cool. Yeah, it was, was it cool? Very cool. Yeah, that that's good. I'd go back if I was in the region. The yeah, area. yeah, because it, it does look like it's a it's a plywood masterpiece. Yeah, this is like a this is like a fourth rate deer park. You yeah, know, you, you can see one of the cabins in the background. See the I green, was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, the deluxe that's, that's the, the deluxe one that's the manor house it, it really yeah that's that's like when we go down there man we rough like it's this year the hot tub like we almost didn't hit 104 degrees what? It was <laughs> terrible <fuck>? it was, <laughs> uh, on your north carolina trip yeah. there were only three uh, showers i know. know it was just terrible oh man <laughs> yeah every every page of this website has got a stabby stabby elk on it yeah, like because that's something i don't want to mess with you know, an animal that carries that many knives. Yeah, yeah that's not that's he's, not. He's got room for a whole group of riders up there. <laughs> he does. <laughs> you know how many marshmallows he can cook. That's it, dude. If that dude jumped out on the road and you were coming down it with five of your buddies, all five of you would be stuck. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, there is nothing I want less than to tangle with a big pointy animal, uh, let alone at forty-five miles an hour on a motorcycle. That just seems like bad fucking pot. I want to see a picture of an elk with a Harley Davidson vest on, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. I just see like picture of these like ones on the dragon where you see an elk come out and he's got like handlebars stuck in his antlers. That's <laughs> <laughs> just it. Um, bad experience we had. We were in Yosemite National Park, and uh, we decided we'd be really cool and do some tent camping. And so we found a beautiful spot by a babbling brook, and it was just beautiful. It was just gorgeous. And so we set the tent tent up. A babbling brook full of salmon. Yep. Spawning. 
we set up and I mean, did the whole thing, you know, just, just comfort deluxe, at least, what is that? Like one mil of nylon between us and mother nature Mm -hmm. and got out and we're laid up in the bunk. And, uh, I do this trick where I bring the inflatable air mattress and I fill it up on the exhaust because it inflates it real fast. Hmm. And so, you know, helps you sleep too. It does yeah. you get a slow leak? Yeah, well, sleep like a carbon monoxide. Sleep like a yeah. baby. You're gonna huff that shit in the middle of the night. Yeah. Go back to sleep. Just take a couple of hits if you can't find yourself restless. Just take a couple of rips on it. And uh, so we're in there, and I mean, you know how it is. Oh yeah, it gets dark. You set up camp, but you're still not tired. You're nowhere near tired because, like, you you just set up camp. So you have a beer or two. You do a thing, you might smoke a little something, and eventually you're like, yeah, it's time to go to bed. But you fall asleep that deep sleep, and you're all comfy, and then all of a sudden I hear the whole like, (laughs) on the outside of the tent, and I'm like, the fuck is that? Are you getting up to go to the bathroom or something? What's going on? Like, oh, shit. Oh, no, 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 no. There's something outside. And then it's like, and you're like, oh, fuck, man. Fuck. (laughs) And then that little tappy tappy starts into the testing phase where the animal outside is testing the nylon. And they're just putting their big paws against it to see how firm it is and to see if there's any delicious goodness bits inside, right? And they're just shaking it. And I'm like, it's got that soft scent. Fuck, right? So I'm like, well, I have no idea from this side of the nylon what's on that side of the nylon. So I just smacked the side of the tent as hard as I could and said, fuck off, as loud as I could, thinking if it was a human, they'd fuck off because they know what words mean. If it's an animal, I might scare them enough that they would learn what the word meant and fuck off, (laughs) right? And I did that. And all I heard was a noise that I can best describe as a gruntle. <laughs> and it was one of those noises I can't make because I don't have lungs that big. And it just kind of went, <laughs> and I would went, fuck. <laughs> I picked a fight. I can't win. Yeah. And I was I waiting. apologize to a bear. <laughs> for, I was waiting for the sounds of nylon and disembowelment. Yeah. You turn around and pull your pants down. <laughs> well, at that point. Go ahead, have a bite. And when I, said, when, I, when I said fuck off and hit the side of the tent, she woke up, right? Yeah. And when she woke up, she wasn't like, oh, I was having the best dream, whatever. No, she woke up in a fucking full-on state of panic, and she went like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, there's an animal outside the tent. Just and I wasn't trying to be quiet mm-hmm. because we didn't need to be quiet anymore. Yeah, that time had passed. There's an animal outside the tent. And then in my smartest moment, I went, shh, <laughs> as though the noises she was making was going <laughs> to reveal to the animal outside that there was more than one tasty morsel inside the tree, which would have been good for us because I think the, the idea of having more people inside would have been more t- intimidating to it. So we got real quiet after that. Like, we didn't breathe for like, seven or eight minutes. And eventually we could hear it fucking off and it, and it fucked off. When the sun came up and we went outside of the tent, we wait, 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 wait. yeah. How do you go back to sleep after that? We didn't. Okay. We just did that thing where you just sit there and you're just ever vigilant and you're just kind of shaking. Gotcha. But when the sun came up, we went out and there were paw prints way bigger than mine 
all around the tent, everywhere around the tent. And this was California. So these were not, you know, these were like mountain lion prints that we were seeing. These were big feline prints outside the tent. You do know that I own like 18 guns. Mm -hmm. I didn't have even a big knife. I had a Gerber tool. That was it. Like, like the fucking, you know, Paul Puma out there is going to hear me snicking open a Gerber tool and be like, I better fuck off. You know, he's got pliers. Right. He could, he could <laughs> take my eyelashes off or something. Is it illegal to have a weapon in the park? Well, that brings me to the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about. If you're doing motorcycle camping, how do you feel about taking a gun with you? Like, just... Not saying that you're going to be out there busting pop cans in the middle of the night or anything. No, but protection. But purely a. When I did the Alcan Highway, the truckers were required to have a gun in the cab of their vehicle that was at least, I think it was at least 357 Magnum or higher, that they were required to have the gun because of animals, right? Now, I don't know if that rule still exists. I don't, I have no idea. But I do know that it was a rule back then. Now, I am a person that says, if I were to make that trip again, if I were to do that adventure and I was going to be Yosemite the side of a goddamn mountain again, yeah, I'm taking a gun. But how do you yeah. do it on the Alaskan one? Yeah. How do you get it through Canada and then back to well, the Well, remember in Canada, long guns are legal. So there oh, are right. guns in Canada that are legal. Right. Hunting guns and shit are legal in Canada. But you're not going to take people on a bike are going to have a strap. You're not going to take something. dad's you know, Colt 1911 right. on your motorcycle trip through Canada. Right. I, I exactly. packed by a Daisy Red Rider and a scabbard. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, so... Is that line, everybody and their mother has guns? <laughs> bear I mean, spray. Bear spray. Now, there you go. Right. Any kind of noisemaker, really. It doesn't even right. have to be a fire. No. I mean, right. can, like a firecracker would probably scare them off just a second. Right. Yeah, because I'm going to be able to light a fucking M80 when the bears <laughs> claw at my tent. Fuck, 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 fuck. You have some party poppers. <laughs> party shooter. You, know, you know, if there's any one thing. A champagne party popper I, and a I bear. Have, I have to say it. If there's any one thing bears love, it's poppers. It's huzzah. <laughs> I'd be better off just throwing fucking mushrooms at him and being like, get weird, bear. Get weird, man. Wasn't they, that in they, a Disney movie? They made a movie the, about that. The, yeah, yeah. The bear a good fucking flare gun. bunch of mushrooms. The cocaine flare gun's a really good idea. Yeah, bears bear. also love cocaine. I think a flare gun's actually a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, because I've shot the shit out of some flare guns, and you do not want to be on the receiving end of one. I was going to say, that would, a bear's fur would catch on fire. No, it doesn't even matter. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I have shot flare guns at shit trying to light shit on fire. Yeah. It's not as, as effective as you would think. Oh, all right. But it hits way harder than you'd think. Hmm. So, like, if it's me to a bear away, flare guns are slow to reload, but they're impactful. Like, they, they're dramatic. Yeah, and it's probably bright and the flash. It's dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on, man. Every time I've ever fired like an Olin flare gun, I've been shocked at like, these are in boats in the proximity of children, you know? Because <laughs> they're, they're dynamic. When they go, they go. It's not like, you know, it's not like a star, you know, Starburst 4th of July firework thing where you can like see it going up. You're like, oh, shh, that's cute. That's 12 gauge. Flares are like right fucking now, man. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to get hit from one at anything less than 75 feet. Mm, wow. 75 feet would be my point where it'd be like, 
I'd probably take one from 75 feet. But less than that, no, I'd fuck, I'd fuck right off. Well, I mean, dude, yeah. a Roman candle at five feet hurts. So you add, Fuck yeah, baby. Yeah, so like you yeah. get to that size yeah. or something, it's got to feel yeah. pretty interesting. We've all, but we've a flare all. gun's got to be easier than lighting the fuse on a Roman candle. Because yeah. <laughs> I've watched John chase me around with a lighter for hours <laughs> trying to fucking get a Roman candle lit. <laughs> we've had to stick them in the fire before and come out yeah, in a hurry. Yeah. 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 But so for, yeah, for animal defense, if we think about that, we're on a motorcycle and we need to think about like. What about a taser? I mean, if it cuts real close quarters. Yeah. He At said a herd of goddamn elk came through his campsite. You, I have this one taser flashlight. Just leave. The sound of it enough would, like, my cat just goes, Wah! he's gone. <laughs> he's like, now Wah! tell us without saying the words that you've tased that cat before. No. <laughs> Never. Man, Never. not Oliver. He's a dude. I would like to tase people, but not. Not the cat. Not the cat. No cats. Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's the thing, too, that you started to hit on this before. Like, you're going through some of these national parks, too. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of animals there. Yes. Like, they're like refuges for animals. That's what they. And that's what we built them for. So Ma and Pa Kettle, that are on a fucking scenic cruise, they stop to look at the animal, feed them some sandwiches, whatever. You're three cars behind them, and you're on a motorcycle, completely exposed. Totally exposed. And it could be yeah. an elk. It could be a moose. It could be a bear. It could yeah. be anything. And yeah. you, you're like him Cat in named traffic. Bob. I saw a buffalo, buffalo in Colorado yeah, fuck up a minivan. We just saw buffalo when we were in uh, South Dakota last yeah. month, and they were 50 yards away from us, man. I, I was in gear with my hand on the throttle. I was like, yeah. if he comes over here, I'm, I'm scooting down the road. Yes, I am. But don't they run like 30 or 40 yeah, miles they do. an hour? So you yeah, they do. Really yeah. They go zero to 35 in one buffalo. Like, that's it. You got no time to, you got to go, man. You got to go. I was on the motorcycle and I saw a buffalo because they were taking pictures and, you know, put, holding the kid up in front of the buffalo and all this stuff. <laughs> and when the buffalo kind of said fuck off to them, they got the message that they should retreat to the minivan. And so they retreated to the minivan and the buffalo was like, no, I'm not done educating you yet. <laughs> so the buffalo wandered towards their minivan and they were like, oh, well, now we're in the safety of our Dodge Caravan. Which the buffalo is like, that might as well be. That's like putting a piranha in a fucking Ziploc bag. He's like, oh, I didn't know they brought sardines. Yeah. And I watched that buffalo fuck every corner of that goddamn Dodge Caravan up. And just like Pete says, I'm on a motorcycle. Yeah. So when he goes down the row and I'm fifth or sixth in line, or all of his other buffalo friends come over and decide that it's going to take out the whole line time, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. People are dumb, man. People are dumb. Yeah, don't fuck with the nature, because it'll fuck you right back. Yeah. Well, one, one more animal story now. Uh, when Chris and I were in Morocco this spring, there, were, there was like donkeys, dogs, cats, all kinds of shit on the road. And we, mar we remarked, like, the animals here are smart. Like, they stay off the road. I mean, they're just running wild, but yeah. it's like, like the dogs were, like, smart enough not to, like, go on the road, because they just get squished. It's the 400th generation of dog. Right. Well, we'd been there for, what was it, Chris, five, six days. We'd seen zero roadkill. I said, have you noticed there's, like, no roadkill here at all? Maybe, like, the locals come out and scoop it up. That's what I was thinking. But <laughs> it wasn't 10 minutes after we said that, we go around the corner, and there's a fucking camel laying in the road with his, like, neck snapped off, and there's, there's, there's a... There's a Roadkill camel. That was the yeah. Only, was, <laughs> yeah. It was the only roadkill we'd seen the whole time. And it damn. wasn't the cigarettes that got him. So, no. like. No, and it's another great band name. God damn it. Roadkill camel. Road what was kill yours? Camel. So, do you have any idea Fuck. when the camel was dead? I mean. Because uh, it got hit by a car. It got hit by a car. Okay, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. 
His neck was um, broken rather spectacularly. Yeah. But, um, it was looking backwards. Yeah. It was, really <laughs> <laughs> it was a push me, pull you? Yeah, something right. like that. But, um, wow. It was so weird that we just commented. And it was we, huge, too. It was. It was big. When Imagine was, being the guy that hit that son bitch. Yes. Right. Did you, Kromke, you recently hit a deer, didn't you? In your car? Yeah, with my car, I hit two. At the same time? Yeah. Wait a second. He's an overachiever. Yeah, now, how'd you hit two deer with one car? Did they, you drive I, into a flock of them? Hey, yeah, hey. I had to get off the freeway. I'm driving to Wisconsin Fuck. like 2 a.m. Yeah. And I got to get off the freeway because they're fixing a bridge, and I'm going up US 20 in western Ohio. And, and I you were went, in a deer park. Right, I looked down to turn the brights on because they turned themselves off. I looked up, there's four deer right across the road. <laughs> so two, two went right, yeah. two tried to go back. Yeah. I was going to hit the one square. Yeah. So I swerved over and just kind of got glancing blows on two of them. <laughs> no damage to the car. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, that's insane. You know, I know somebody who has hit a deer and a bear cub on his motorcycle and not crashed. Is it Tim, Rastetter? Tim Rastetter. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Did you, anybody have the last year's AMA magazine? Because I think he's on the editorial oh, picture really? right on like the, one of the first pages. He, oh, was really? on, he was on that European tour they did this summer. Yeah. I didn't hit a deer on my Vespa, but many, many years ago, there's a place in Mentor called the Headlands. And the Headlands is this nature preserve. It's like kind of swamplands. It's adjacent to you know Lake Erie. But there was a big ass fire in there many, many years ago. So in the early 90s, a big-ass fire, and all the wildlife that was in this amazing you know, nature preserve, this swampland, all the wildlife decided to fuck off like it was the Bambi movie, right? Because the forest was on fire. And so I was off the clock. I had done my shift. I was off duty. And I thought, what better to drive into a fire than a 1977 Vespa? <laughs> right, You're but always I, thinking. But I was like, "This is a once in a lifetime thing." I wanted to go on the less populated road and drive into the you know the thing to kind of like see this uh, a marsh on fire, right? And so I'm cruising along the road to get to it, and I'm noticing there's like you know all these cute animals that are leaving the forest, which is to my left, going to the place that isn't on fire to my right, right? And, you know, we used to call that they were unassing the AO, right? And so the animals started getting a little bigger. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it's pretty fucking dark out in the neighborhood of like one in the morning. And all I saw was a deer's dick (laughs) very close to me. And he had jumped from the left side of the road to the right side of the road, not touching the road in between because deer can fly. And this deer flew right in front of me. Was it a reindeer? His nose was red. <laughs> it said sleigh. You sure <laughs> that was, was his nose? <laughs> hey! Uh, this fucking deer, this fucking deer, red I did not get to know anything about the deer other than I just saw his, the part that went right in front of my face. The red, which was his dick. Yeah, which was his dick. Red rocket, yeah. <laughs> and I looked to the right, and all I saw was the, the flag, the white flag of victory. Like, yeah. the deer just, you know, we have white-tailed deer here, and that's how they do. And so he, I could feel, like, I could feel the animal's presence on my face, because I wasn't wearing a helmet or anything. <laughs> and I was just like, 
I just got this glancing. <laughs> Did you get engaged or what? <laughs> Fucking insane, man. The presents. That's what they're calling it. Though. <laughs> the presents. He had a gift. Yeah. Uh, and henceforth, it's been known as the headlamps. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a deer flying to the, the headlamps. Yes. Yeah. But. I said I didn't get. It Welcome didn't, back, Pete. It didn't knock me. It didn't, it didn't knock me off the bike. I didn't fall off the bike, but I did stop to be like, "Did that really his number? Fucking just happen? Like it fucked me up." Yeah. Hey, where are you being next week? I ducked one time to miss a bat, a, a bat, a, a, a flater mouse. Uh, I was on a motorcycle, and I was like, I saw this bat coming at me, you know. And I was like, duck. So I ducked. Was it a duck or a bat? It was a bat. bat. <laughs> not a duck. No, I you know, ducked. It was a bat. You, you duck uh, for a duck, not for but a bat. the girl behind me didn't get the message. Oh. And she got the bat square in the chest. Oh. And so the bat hit her square in the chest. And again, talk your way out of that situation. Uh, so it hit her, and I already knew that I had to stop the motorcycle. There was no question at this point I was going to stop the motorcycle. But... I got down low as just the way you would, right? Because you know it's a, it's something coming at you real fast. Mm-hmm. I got down. I didn't even think to warn her. Um, she she barely held onto the bike and me. We got the side of the road, and she had a red mark across the top of her chest into her neck where it like it had hit her. And she was wearing a helmet. Well, I was wearing a helmet because the state we were in had helmet law. And she was like, "What the fuck was that?" I said, "It was a bat." And she goes, you knew what it was? <laughs> That's when you say, didn't you hear me? I said duck. <laughs> you know, you left the saddest part of your deer story out. Yeah? Because that was three weeks later when you had to go and break up with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a I mean, tip. Just I mean, a tip. I was, so, going, I was going with Dan with the uh, two deer, one car thing. Two deer, yeah, one two car. car. <laughs> so I, I have a topic I would like to broach. Okay, go ahead. I would like to have everybody either to make a list in honor of motorcycles and misfits, and/or we could bet. Oh how boy! Long, how long it is before you think our dear friend Liza uh-huh. realizes oh. the mistake she made by selling the greatest motorcycle ever made, the Africa Twin, to buy a Nikon or Nikon, a Nikon, a Nikon. So she's going to get tired of that thing. I'm taking a bet. I give it six months. Anybody want to bet, or should we? Uh, what are we doing? I'm. Uh, How long did it take her to get tired of the uh, sidecar on the Benelli? No, the side that was that was a that shit was show. Terrible. That was a shit show, and anybody who was there knows I it was know. a shit show. So she she was absolutely justified in her fucking dragging those guys up, throwing them under the bus. Here's the thing about the Nikon. I have ridden a Nikon. That was quite a segue. I gotta say, there sleep. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Deer talk to like this motorcycle, three wheeled motorcycle. Yeah. I figured we had been off the off the I've motorcycle really, topic. We've long talked enough about at that point. we've talked about bears. We've talked about two cars, one deer. We've talked about Phil's, Phil's relationships with, deer with deers yeah. Yeah. and with bats. Thanks we've for also the recap. Had a very long conversation about bears and motorcycles and cocaine. The deer. It I'm is sorry. only logical. <laughs> the Nikon. The Nikon. The Nikon is the MP3 of motorcycles. It's going to be called the deer. <laughs> the Nikon is the MP3 of motorcycles. Everything that the MP3 is to scooters, the Nikon is to motorcycles. Which is, if you own one, you're going to tell other everybody about how great it is. But if you don't own it, and you're not financially obliged to tell people lies like that, you're going to call it for what it is. And it's the answer to the question nobody ever asked. <laughs> That's what it is. Right. 
I think that Liza buying an Eakin is a great thing because forever she will be in a campfire of one. Because I think you could go to all of AMA Vintage Days and be like, get on a bullhorn and be like, okay, we're going to have an impromptu Nikon owners meeting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and every Nikon owner is going to get a free pizza yeah. and a handy. <laughs> you just have to bring your Nikon. If, if you were looking... And it'll for, be one guy jerking if were, off. If you were looking for... Well, yeah, I imagine people that have Nikons are probably going to jerk off about the fact that they have the bike. Yes. Have but you ever... Rest- yeah. Have you ever met anybody who owned a Modus? Oh, yes. They won't shut up about no, it. No, I'm... Uh, I JT, JT Nesbitt was the guy that designed the motorcycle that went around the Modus V, whatever the fuck it it's was. It's the CrossFit and of JT's motorcycles. And JT's a really nice yeah. guy, but you're right. It's kind of a jerk, jerk fest. Exactly. <laughs> so I think a Nikon is about the same and, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, like an, it's like an MP3 rally. It's just... Like, gonna be that thing. I just but, think that hey, the, better her than me. I just think the nicheness of but, it's gonna wear off, and she's gonna miss the reliability, well, rideability, and functionality the, of I, the. I, I disagree. I think it's a Yamaha, right? Yeah, What's I think it's gonna be reliable. It's like an R six or an R one. Yeah, you're right. Okay, it'll be reliable. I think it's gonna be reliable. Yeah. I do know that it has 15 inch front wheels, and they're not cheap. Yeah, yeah. I also know and that you got to do two at a time. I also know that every MP3 we sold got crashed. That's true, too. So, <laughs> you know, hey, man, I don't work at a Yamaha dealership. I'm not Yamaha's best Nikon salesman. Yeah. I think if we talk to them, they'd be able to tell us how many of those got crashed. But I know that every single MP3 that I've ever crashed or I've ever worked on or I've ever sold has all been crashed. I was going to say, that everyone you've ever crashed. I've crashed two crashed. of them. <laughs> I've crashed two of them. Right. So I've crashed two of them. I've, I have watched, uh, I've watched uh, the former owner of Vespa of New Orleans crash with Ruthie the duck lady on the back. I crashed one in the snow because they don't do snow. <laughs> no. no I and that. I crashed another one on wet surfaces like seeing how grippy it was. And I low-sided the bitch and it was not as grippy. I did. I took a scooter that had two wheels through the exact same situation and it didn't fall down, but the, the three-wheeler did. So anyway, I think that you're right. I think that the over and under on that is going to be like huh. Well, let me ask you this. But she buys weird shit from China all the time anyway. Yeah, so, you know, it, yeah, but it, this is it, an investment. It, this is not a five dollar thing, right? This is it, a big money. Let me ask you this. Self to more story, though. Okay, but let me ask you this. Do they have are the roads so like you know in Ohio? Yeah. Because we have all these bloated trucks. Yeah, yeah. And the shitty roads, yeah. you get a lot of that lane dipping. Roll spit and dipping. Yeah, yeah. yeah so right. like you get almost yeah. around the thing. Yeah. How does that bike handle that? Or how does an MP3 handle that? Not good. <laughs> Not good. Not good. New Orleans didn't have roads. When you have when you have one <laughs> front wheel on your motorcycle, mm-hmm. you know what it's going to do. You know where it is. Too. Yep. You pick the spot. You put the wheel there, mm-hmm. and it does exactly what you think it's going to do. Now, if you have two front wheels and they're eighteen inches apart, well, now you got a lot more real estate you got to be in trouble uh, in control of. Mm-hmm. And if you find the good line. For your right tire, is it the good line for your left tire, and is it the good line for your back tire? You got three different lines that you got to think about on that motorcycle. Oh, but it's okay because if you're bad, if the line is bad on the left wheel, the right wheel will make up for it. Nope, not really. That's not really what it does. Right? Yeah. So if you experience a sudden loss of traction in your left front wheel, there's not enough traction left over in the right front wheel to keep your ass up. It's been our experience, and my personal ne- experience. And there's never enough traction on the rear wheel to keep it from spinning. 
or wearing out in 2,600 miles. Exactly. So uh, that's that's the way that is. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Sleepy. That's going to be an interesting one. I'm so thrilled that I don't have to buy that bike, that she can buy it. <laughs> she can buy that bike for all of us. So yeah. those of you that want to know how the Nikon works out, we we, we uh, are, are um, partner. I didn't have to buy a sidecar for a TNT 135. Right. Nope. Didn't have to do Which that. It's funny because I thought you with our did. friends. Over. I didn't have to buy a Chinese oh, Amigo um, fake Trail Ninety. <laughs> yeah, because she's she's just out there being the fucking test subject for all of us. Yeah, yeah, she's like the first guy in line for vaccines that haven't been tested yet. It's cool. Um, okay, KTM is actually buying MV Agusta. Oh, really? So. I I don't know why my brain, my little fucking pea nugget brain last year at the AM Expo in Vegas didn't put this together when I went into the KTM booth and somebody had slid a couple of MV Agustas in there because MV Agustas are sexy. Well, what I... I can't told, stop looking at it. This is the homework you were looking at earlier when I brought the Coleman. Okay, but what's the... Uh, what? So what's the lineage there? Because Husqvarna owned MV... Or no, MV Agusta owned Husqvarna. Which way did it go? So KTM, because my my Husqvarna was actually an MV Agusta on the title. Right now, hold on. Though. Oh, it gets better. Okay, okay. In that particular situation, <laughs> Sleepy. Yeah. The problem with that is your Husqvarna said MV Agusta on the title. Yeah. Because the distributor at the time, prior to Husqvarna being um, a part of BMW. Yeah. And prior to Husqvarna being a part, then becoming part of KTM, Husqvarna was being distributed in the United States by the guys that were licensed to distribute MV Agusta. Uh, Do you want to hear what's really weird? Is mm-hmm. MV Agusta was being distributed by Harley Davidson. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was, there was a period of time for about 18 months or so where MV Agustas were distributed in the United States by Harley Davidson. And there was a threat being made that, M- that Harley Davidson dealers were going to have to stock MV Agustas. And they, they have these things called shareholders. Mm-hmm. And they didn't think that was a good idea. An example would be how quickly Livewire was no longer a part of Harley Davidson because the shareholders are reluctant to lose all their fucking money. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's any one thing that Harley Davidson exists for, it's the shareholders because they sure as fuck don't exist for motorcycles. Why they do it, right? (laughs) Shareholders run everything. So your particular Husqvarna happened to be distributed in the United States. It wasn't Husqvarna didn't have a dealer network set up. They weren't, they weren't their own NHTSA approved manufacturer. Going going back to earlier, have you ever seen a gas gas dealer? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I actually know a bunch of them. They, yeah. tend, they right. tend to be Husqvarna, KTM. Yep. They carry the whole Jimmy weird Agusta. deck. Yeah, yeah. They carry the whole HVC cycles yeah. in Nebraska. <laughs> Got them all. Um, but here's what's weird: is because KTM is actually an extraordinarily well dialed in in the United States motorcycle manufacturer. Mm-hmm. They're if if I told you right now, I would have everyone at this table guess how many models of KTM. A dealer who's a KTM dealer. Not saying how many bikes they have to have in the showroom. No. I'm saying how many distinctly different models of bikes KTM sells. And if I ever see another K- newer KTM again in my life, I will freaking stab the owner and burn that freaking bike. I totally disagree. I 100% disagree. I, I have a 
what is it, 250 or 450 EXC? I can't I think they got to be 25, right? Yeah, so when we were when they were courting us Ooh. to be a dealer, it was thirty four. Yeah, okay. oh. yeah, it's up there. I knew that. 30, oh, I, I forgot about the kids' bikes too. Four the distinctly. Yeah. yeah, and KTM doesn't really have a cheap bike unless it's one of their Indian made bikes that would be like a three ninety or something like that. Right, it's still not dukes. like five bucks. Exactly. Right, and, and they it's 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 like if you took a BMW F eight hundred. And put it on steroids when it comes to the electrics on it. You cannot, unless you have the computer, you're not figuring it out. Well, they make probably the world's greatest adventure touring motorcycle. And they make the world's worst uh, electronics. I, I, I still know guys that have 180,000 miles on them. So they're apparently okay for somebody. Yeah. And the uh, whole value, man. Nine, yeah. What, 2006, oh, yeah. 990 yeah. still sell yep. for five yeah. or 6,000 bucks. Uh, they are. There are there are motors in my life that I was like, this is a really, really good motorcycle. When I rode the KTM 1190, I saw God. Mm-hmm. It was well, they, so perfect. Well, they still use proper yeah. Rotax motors. It's yeah. not like the Rotax Chinese motors. It's, it's brilliant. like the proper Rotax Fucking motors. Fucking brilliant. And the only time they have problems is when the cranks fail. Yeah. And I don't think riding that motorcycle, it felt like it was a 550 with its weight. Mm-hmm. But when I hit, when I demanded power, I've never ridden a motorcycle in my life that was so eager to give me more power than I could ever possibly handle. And yet when a corner came up at me, I went through the corner and I went, well, shit, I could have done that twice as fast because that was completely not stressful at all on a full fucking adventure bike with all the garbage on it. Yeah, the 1290 yeah. is the only bike I've ever ridden that scared me. The 1290, the, the one 1290 that I rode was, again, thank God for traction control. Yeah. Because that thing, whereas other motorcycles, when I crank them hard, the example is the, the, the goddamn Triumph 1200. Put it in sport mode, turn off the traction control. I can crank it as hard as I fucking want to crank it. The front wheel will want to come up on me. There's no doubt about that. But it's not terrifying. Mm. The 1290, I will not put that bike in no traction control mode. <laughs> there is no way in God's green earth I'm going to make that bike be completely unfucking mm. regulated. So, yay. I think that MV Augusta and KTM is probably one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life yeah. because KTM is exotic and MV Augusta is exotic. Well, you know what's funny? Like if you would have told yeah. me like, hey, this has been a secret for 25 years, right. but KTM actually makes MV Augusta. I mean, well, okay. <laughs> like, well, you know what I mean? Like if they see it, like that's, that's how natural it seems. So, I mean, so the thing, I, the thing I found earlier is that KTM has owned twenty percent of MB Agusta right. for a very long time. I was shocked at how long they've been a part owner of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and the the remarkable part on my book yeah. is the fact that MB Agusta still kind of exists because the I mean uh, the F4I was a couple of years ago, yeah. and then there's another one I can't remember which. And I I kind of looked at it and went, yeah, I had an opportunity to buy one ridiculously stupidly cheap, and went, you know what, nah. I'm, but they're really cool. It's it's like the Benelli the Benelli Superbikes from a couple of years ago. They have the four exhausts across the back. There's it's nothing really sexier than an MV Augusta. It's right. just it, it is. Oh, it's it's, it's so like owning good. a cut rate for a cut rate Ferrari. It's just amazing. It's just beautiful. Yeah, and I do think in their weird way, I think that um, the KTM twelve ninety Super oh, Adventure yeah. Yeah. is kind of the same thing, where it's just so fucking careful it's so good i know pete's a big bmw guy i know you love your your r bikes 
But this to me is fucking. Well, the, the uh, first bike I ever power. Oh, Pete, I, I appreciate the KTM's for sure. Wait, Pete, your your mic's off. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was go pulling down because you guys were like, you know, moving and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Go, go for it, Pete. I say I certainly appreciate the KTM's. I've never owned one. Uh, yeah. I did go to their demo days this year. It was at the headquarters out in Amherst. Yeah. And rode a couple. Of, I rode the eleven or the twelve ninety. Yeah. I rode the. I like the eight ninety two. That eight ninety is a very nice package. Yeah. They're a little bit more high strung than the BMWs. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit more purposeful. A little bit more dirt oriented. Um, but uh, great bikes, but I don't really foresee only one. I love the connection to Northeast Ohio with Me KTM, too. John Penton. I mean, it, it's like... I love that. It's, yeah. It's, that that we, f- we can feel like we own that because we've ridden on those roads. We've ridden on those trails where the original KTMs were tested and, and fettled out and everything else. And, you know, being able to meet and hang out and talk with the Pentons is great. So there's that KTM spirit uh, that exists in Ohio especially for people like us. Um, very, very cool stuff. And now everyone used to kind of tease when I had my Duke, um, everybody was like, oh yeah, man, you know, the maintenance on that is worse than a Ducati. Well, no, all the no. KTMs now are 15,000 mile service intervals. Well, no, even so, even back in the day, yeah. they weren't that bad. The, yeah. the, the, it's a Rotax mode. Yep. I was very, shim and bucket. very impressed. Deal. It's yeah, very, it's very impressed with that. down to their electronics. Cause I, okay. I've worked on that. What is an EX uh, two fifty EXCE or something like that? I can't even remember. And they, yeah, because you're talking about the total number of models that right. KTM has. Yeah, the problem is they're dirt bikes. It's not the adventure bike. It's not the. I don't Duke, think the problems are dirt else. bikes. They keep winning trophies. No, no, no. <laughs> right. It's the fact that they have twenty three <laughs> different. Yeah. Models. Yeah, they do. Per well, engine. They have number. They have. And it's whether or not it has the lights. It whether or not it has the yeah. electric start. It's whether or not it has two-stroke, four-stroke, all this different stuff. They compete in every they do. single class they do. of road racing or dirt racing, uh, every possible discipline. And then they also have a version of it that has turn signals and headlights on it. You can ride on the street. Exactly. Um, yeah. And as a guy who has to dig deep into one of these because right. I have I have dug as deep oh. as you can possibly get into one of these things and I went you know what I'm out Liza's problem Liza's electric problem on her Duke <laughs> yeah Emma was just like burn it <laughs> <laughs> fucking burn it yeah no there's a problem in a wire somewhere and it's a small wire and these have that's the problem is they have like 18 gauge They're wires really tiny wires tiny. I can tell you that I can absolutely tell you that I had to do some a little bit of work on my Duke and when I started taking body panels off and finding the wiring, I was like, we're supposed to have one very thick ground wire. Mm-hmm. And this has three really tiny ground wires. Huh. And I guess the idea of that is like, Oh look, it's built like a computer and there's like this loom and this loom and this loom and this loom. And so you just unplug this 12 pin connector and unplug this 12 pin connector and replace the part in between. It's so easy. Yeah. Any, any idiot could do it. With with the BMW, I couldn't do it. With the BMW, <laughs> you have the GS nine eleven. You plug right. it in, it tells yeah. you what's wrong. Right, right. They, they have the, that for KTM. With the KTM, right? yeah. Yeah. you kind of look at it and go, yeah, oh, yeah. I think that it's, <laughs> I think it's an amazing vehicle that you want to own for the first seven years it's on planet it's, Earth. It's, and I think it, maybe after the seventh year, yeah, you got a KTM asshole. You can afford it. Buy a yeah. new motorcycle because yeah. you know maybe you shouldn't be riding a bike you can't afford to get rid of every seven years. 
Uh, I'll bet you it hangs together probably so pretty it, good for the first seven years, and then after that, I don't know, man. So those nine nineties are still out there, yeah, rocking and rolling, it, it, and it fits well. Well, yeah. and I, that's the thing. I, yeah. The sport bikes, because I've only experienced one or two sport bikes on the KTM mm-hmm. side. Yeah. The dirt bikes I've run into a lot more frequently because yeah. I live down in Cajun country, yeah. and. It might be easier to fix the sport bike version. I don't care that the that LC8 motor does nothing wrong. Oh. I'm I'm convinced oh, no. if you put they that LC8 a motor in a, <laughs> they make a funny looking motor. Fine, fine looking. I say fine looking. Oh fine yeah, they looking. do make a fine looking motor. That is a great looking motor. Man, and it's a great man, feeling. I was gonna motor. say man, if you man, ride Rotax, a bike, Rotax makes an amazing B twin. <laughs> I was gonna say if you ride a bike where like the whole engine looks like Shrek, you can't really be dogging <laughs> on those fucking motors. <laughs> oh, the Mook Mammoth. Oh, that's so. But I. <laughs> Honestly, I think that MV Agusta and KTM together is fucking perfect. I'm totally great with KTM, all that. KTM Husqvarna, MV Agusta under the same umbrella. And if they can, right. if they and can, gas gas is in there now. Gas gas. Yeah. If he can somehow yeah. fit by Moda, if he can cram by Moda into this, it would be the perfect company. You know what though? Just put the LC8 motor in all the Bimotas. And yeah, it would actually fix the Bimotas. I'd be fine. I'd be great because yeah. Bioma did, did all the Suzuki motors. They did yep. all the Ducati motors. Yep. Um, any bimotor that started with an S was a Suzuki motor. Any bimotor that started with a D was a Ducati motor, right? You do that with the LC8 yep. motor, yep. I'm in. You fix all the problems. I'm in. I don't you care. Fix it all. I'm in. <laughs> Just give me a wiring harness that literally is color coded. Oh no, they can't do that. It would all be like 14 gauge wires. I don't care. As long as it's all color coded. <laughs> As long as it looks like a, what are they, uh, the London Underground map? Right, right. Mm. So if there's a display on my heads up display that looks like the London Underground map, and when fire comes out of the bike, it points to the part of the London Underground map where the fire came out. And I can just replace that part. It'll tell you what part number it is and where to order it. And that's, that's what part of, the, of Austria is made in? One of the shittiest things I've seen with some modern cars yeah. is that the wiring harness, it's all black wires. Because well, yeah. they're well, like, I'll, fuck you, you're not supposed to fix it. They don't want you to fix that. For you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not supposed to fix Dodges anyway. <laughs> wait, wait, Stellantis. Oh, man. Man, I uh, saved so much money on that. I think I'm at $38,000 now. <laughs> the, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about that is actually motorcycle related is that Zero, the company that I uh, sell motorcycles for, um, just got a. Bought by. Oh, yeah, but hold on, we're not saying Hang that. On. Hold on, <laughs> they would. They want to make one hundred percent sure nobody says those words, because Zero does have a lot of money. Um, Zero's not one of those places where you can say wave sixty million dollars at them and they're going to be like, oh, I guess I won't be needing my panties, right? Uh, <laughs> Zero has a lot of money. The board for Zero controls a lot of money. I'm going to guess there's a billion dollars there somewhere. Billion. Somebody, One somebody's billion got dollars. Somebody's money somewhere. So, but <laughs> they, the, they have an island. <laughs> they're either blowing money or blowing something. So Hero, Hero gave Zero $60 million, and it wasn't enough to win. Hmm. Uh, and for where I'm from, $60 million is enough to win. Right, mm-hmm. enough uh, to get your attention. Oh right. yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, even, hard, even Sam Bankman-Fried will pay attention. Would pay attention to sixty million dollars, right? I, yes, topical. <laughs> but this is one of those things. Do you you guys might remember in the podcast historically where I have said zero is sitting back doing what zero does, building motorcycles, staying relevant, making sure the sh- the light of the media is shining on them, and they're building a good product and people are riding it. And they're just waiting until Honda decides, all right, boys, we've made the decision. We're going to go electric. 
And then zero standing by waiting. Hey, put me in coach. I'm ready. Right. And I thought it was going to be Honda. And I honestly thought it was going to be or Yamaha, Mm -hmm. because those are the two companies that I thought were most likely to be like, all right, we've waited for these fucking amateurs to dick around with their electric bullshit. And now they've made all the expensive mistakes. Now we're just going to go in and buy a company that's doing it already. Harley Davidson, Mission Motorcycles, Mm -hmm. the Livewire. Harley didn't engineer that motorcycle. They bought a motorcycle that was already built and being sold. And still fucked it up. It's Harley. It's what they do. They fuck it up. And and the guy that they bought it from, who they wrote a big giant check to. Made millions. No. Lost his fucking ass. Because Harley, because Harley buelled him. Oh. Because Harley did what Harley does exactly every single time. Fucks right? everything up and fucks everybody on the way. Isn't gotcha. that weird that if a company's big enough that their history doesn't matter, the next person's like, oh, I okay. did it. I've got it this time. I'm going to say this. Chris Smith is a drywall hanger. That's what he does. He owns a company that hangs drywall. Dude, I've got Fucking some good. Okay? Yeah, right and there. he's been hanging drywall. His company's been hanging drywall for 25 years, and he's got 36 guys on his staff, and he's got 18 trucks. And he gets contracts from here, there, and everywhere. The Veterans Administration just hired him to do a whole bunch of drywall. You know, CSU just hired him to do a whole bunch. And he does the work, and he does it on time. And he's made a great living for his family hanging drywall. Now, tomorrow, he gets a job that's the biggest contract he's ever seen. He's going to buy some extra trucks and put some extra guys on for this job. But then he looks at the bottom of the thing and realizes... I'm going to tell you, this is this. It's this just is the, so ugly. This is now. Oh, like, I got the mic out of his ass before. He but you know what? It's not like kind of now. Show. Now I know why you don't fuck with bears. Yeah, that's uh, it. But don't hey, don't kink shame. That's like give you a little lap dance. On the way that was a pretty good lap dance. <laughs> but it was, I think Pete got a dick in his face. I think he did. Yeah, hey, I think he did. Like a little deer dick. dick. Yeah. I gave him an adedectomy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh dear. The. Uh, but imagine if you got that contract. It looked like a this dick, big, beautiful dick contract. That you're going to make a lot of money on, and at the bottom you see that it's at 186 Trump Plaza. No. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just went from being like, "Hey, honey, we're good," to being like, "We ain't getting paid." Right. Okay. Imagine if you were a guy that made seats, motorcycle seats, and your job was just making motorcycle seats. Like you were like somebody like Corbin or Sargent's or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And Harley Davidson sent you a, an opportunity to make seats for Harley Davidson. Based on the way that we've all read stories about Harley Davidson kind of fucking over people they work with, I don't know if I'd take that job. Yeah. Because everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of the people that we've seen that start working with Harley Davidson and have that as a feather in their cap end up with checks they can't cash. But it seems like they they allow Harley to kind of take them over instead of like selling pieces or selling like, okay, we'll give you this much of a deal, but we're going to remain our own entity. So we're about to talk about a thing called intellectual property law. And I think that in the hero-zero combination... One of the biggest parts of this thing is not that Hero is spending $60 million to buy 6,000 zero electric motorcycles. That's not it at all. I think Hero is spending $60 million to get the intellectual property of zero electric motorcycles. Hmm. Software. 
everything. Yeah. The that, battery that's, from the, that seems from the so back low end for what it is. Right? Like, doesn't that seem like in today's business world where, you know, a fucking uh, an uh, uh, intangible social media site sells for fifty billion dollars, mm-hmm. yep, or million yep. or whatever yep. the fuck. Yeah, it but was. that guy was an idiot. Yeah, but that besides the point, it's still we've that seen m- his truck. It sucks. They want the firmware. Exactly. I'm okay. I'm going to I'm going to suggest that Hero, who does have an electric scooter, right, just spent sixty million dollars to be able to jump from their one electric scooter into a, a, something that would be equivalent to a 500cc middleweight electric motorcycle. But isn't Hero huge? Gigantic. Yeah. So what, what would stop them from just taking over? I used to say that Hero is bigger than Honda, and I did some research today and discovered that Honda is actually bigger than Hero now. But the what, fact what, that it's competing what, is pretty impressive. What, Number two. When, when Hero makes these bikes, mm-hmm. well, what name are they going to put on them? This is an excellent point. Can they put Zero or can they put Hero? Well, what O? Well, if you have Vanilla Ice, you can go from zero to a hero. Well, I was going to say, you can go from zero to hero because like, that's exactly what they did. Like I told Phil earlier, all you get to do is turn the Z sideways. Turn the Z sideways and it becomes a hero. I'm actually thinking that what they're going to do, because they're predominantly focused on the Asian market. And you know what they don't give a shit about in the Asian market is a $23,000 motorcycle. Right. True. That doesn't sell well in the Asian market. The reason that Hero leapfrogged Honda for a while, and that for about 14 years, Hero is bigger than Honda, which is shocking. It's because of the 125 to 180 cc motorcycle market. Mm-hmm. And it's because Honda contracted Hero to build their motorcycles for them. And they didn't so, want to bother with the smaller stuff, right? So there are many companies that Hero has agreed, hey, I know that last year you broke your you broke your balls to build a hundred thousand of these hundred and eighty cc or hundred twenty five cc motorcycles. You do understand that we do that in about a month. So if you'd like to come over here, sell us your intellectual property, and we build your motorcycles on one of our assembly lines that we can simply shift a product over and slide yours in. We'll run it through our replicators. Exactly. (laughs) And you worked your ass off to build 125,000 of those last year. We're going to do 250,000 in the first six months. Well, that's a sordid deal, right? We, We know that if you're Honda or you're Kawasaki or you're Kinetic or you're one of these companies, well, shit, do you mean I could sell twice as many of these bikes and get into a market I didn't necessarily own before because of letting Hero build my shit? And Hero, it turns out, is like one of those factories in Star Wars that just builds all the droids, Yeah. right? And it doesn't matter whose side the droids are fighting on. They just build all the goddamn droids, right? So what I see Zero doing is I see Zero taking a $60 million check. But I see Hero being able to enter an entirely different segment of the market where they see the money's about to be spent. Hmm. Now, we... Go ahead. Don't you think $60 million would have paid for a lot of development of a proprietary project? You'd have to ask Hero. They're just trying to skip right to the... Yeah, they don't have... That's what I'm saying. They don't have to build a rocket to go to the moon. They can just buy the fucking rocket. I'm just saying, in today's age... Or they can buy space on the rocket. $60 million does not seem like a lot when you're talking about something like zero. Mm -hmm. That's that's just crazy. The smaller number was the number that was between QJ and Harley-Davidson. Hmm. So we know what impact that had. 
And we know that in less than one year, the story went from being these Harley Davidson motorcycles are being built in China and will never, ever, 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 ever leave China, we promise. Mm -hmm. And in less than a year, that turned into, we're only going to let the ones in the United States that are going to be used in the motorcycle training program. And that went to soon to be arriving in the United States, the Harley Davidson 500s. Yep. Right. Okay. So in less than one year, the story went from no. Harley Davidson's going to bankrupt them. <laughs> somehow, somehow they're going to do it. And, and they'll and end, end up, up being American heroes. Again. And, they'll <laughs> end up, and they'll end up owing Harley money. Yeah. Right. right. Somehow. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so when I look at that, what I actually, when I see all of that blustering that Harley Davidson did about how this motorcycle that they were putting a sticker on mm-hmm. or changing the shape of the gas tank that was a Chinese, oh, I'm sorry, it was a Chinese manufactured Italian motorcycle. Right. Right? That they were putting a Harley Davidson sticker on. Like, take the Benelli sticker off, put the Harley Davidson sticker on. It's an existing product we can already buy right now. Right. We're putting a Harley sticker on it and changing the shape of the seat in the gas tank. Nobody will ever notice that. It, but I promise all of you, this product is never leaving China. And in less than a year, they're already running so. ad slicks for your 500cc. Harley Davidson. That's probably one of the few flat that I actually tracker. ride because it looks pretty good. <laughs> it looks pretty good. good. <laughs> so, in, so in five yeah. years, in, in less than five years, I guarantee you they're just going to call it the Aramaki. <laughs> right. They could go back all the way back to their roots, right? They could do an Aramaki. <laughs> I mean, if they own Benelli. They might as well own Aramaki. What I would see happening, though, because of this relationship with Hero, would be more inclined to be you can go down to your KTM dealer and you can buy a KTM that's made in Austria for $23,000. Or you can buy a KTM that's made in India for $7,000 or $6,000 or $4,000. Actually, I think they're down to about $44.99, right? So in one building, in the KTM dealership, you can buy a $23,000 Austrian made that says, you know, KTM. But you can also buy a KTM that is... Still a KTM, but it's made in India, right? And it's still a KTM. You get to wear a KTM jacket, right? What I'm considering is that in a very short period of time, we're going to be seeing at a zero dealership a $20,000 zero. And maybe the thing that we were all asking for 10 years ago, which is a $4,000 zero. And maybe it can't go 88 miles per hour, and maybe it doesn't have a 100-mile range. Because if it's built for the Indian market or the Asian market, it doesn't have to. Right. They don't have... And if it has hot swappable batteries and everything else, all the better, right? That's something that I think Zero saw that as being a very, very good thing to add to their list of motorcycles was something that's in the five to $6,000 price point. Mm. Because what we know, when you talk about the Sondor's Metacycle, when you talk about the land thing or whatever... All these things have in common is if they make it past the vaporware state, which very few of them do, the next state, which is having NHTSA approval and being DOT legal and having a title that you can put a license plate on and ride on the street, seems to be unapproachable for any electric motorcycle under $10,000. The only DOT legal, I can buy it and I can legally put it on the road, has been over 10K. Unless we're talking about like a Vespa, Electrica, or Piaggio, like a little scooter thing. But a real motorcycle, find me a motorcycle that's street legal, road legal, titleable for under 10K. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay. 
So is there a difference in the, the, I don't know if you call it an appeal process, but like the application process between the scooter that can go 70 and a motorcycle? So how did they yeah. get like the new scooter dot approved? Like, is it that same kind of, like, it's, and it's the same thing, right? No, I think you bring up an excellent, I think you bring up an excellent point because we all rode those bikes and those bikes were DOT approved and HTSA approved and everything legal. And I think that has to do with the manufacturers bringing them in, is willing to spend the money to go through the processes. And I also think that the profit margin that you and I are not aware of, right. remember that when we talk about an electric motor, it has two parts, an inner rotor and an outer rotor, yeah. and that's the whole motor. So I'm going to bet you that the reason companies like um, Elon Musk can, can drop the price of a vehicle so much and that uh, Harley-Davidson with their new Del Mar could drop the price of the vehicle so much and when they did the live wire, they dropped the price of the vehicle so much is I'm willing to bet you that there is a ridiculously huge profit margin in electric vehicles. Right. And that's why every manufacturer with Ford with their Lightning and Ford with their uh, Mustang Mach-E and all these bike, all these vehicles, that the reason a lot of these automobile companies, I think, want to go to electric so hard is because there's so much profit margin in them. Mm. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to find out if one of the reasons all the motor vehicle manuals, that motor right there has got a lot of motherfucking I was, parts I was in just, it. As you were saying that, I was just thinking well, that. You like, can, the well, it's not labor-intensive either. It's all no. robot-built. Yes. An electric motor, well, you know what I mean? It's, like they it's not just that. On. So going back to Elon, <laughs> yeah. the original concept of the Tesla was to build a roller skate. Mm-hmm. You can put any fucking skateboard platform. on it. Absolutely, yeah. skateboard platform. And the all idea, because yeah. yeah. you're yeah. dealing with an, yeah. ele- a, an electric motor, right. a motor controller. The body can be anything you want it to be. And a battery. Yeah, yeah. And you're looking, because you're looking at the, L, what is it, the LC8? Yeah, the LC8. Yeah. yeah. You're looking at so many individual forged components, all of which. Yeah, the tolerance has to be checked, fail. everything. And that's yeah, the there's thing. so much. If, if me and you guys, if we all sat down here today and Zero sent us over a Zero electric motor, yeah. right? A Z-Force motor. We could take it apart and we could put it back together with absolutely no special tools, very easily on this table right here. I, I promise you that. If we had this LC8 motor sitting here in front of us right now, and they said, okay, boys, take it apart and put it back together again. I'm actually going to tell you, I've taken apart my share of motors. You can't take that apart with normal hand tools. You're going to have some factory-specific tools that you're yep. going to need to take it apart. Plus, if I lay the parts out on that motor, I'm going to need the entire of this garage, this basement right. floor. Yeah. Whereas in the zero, there. I got three basically four yeah. parts to lay that motor but the, out. The the literal entire because we we've experienced this this week is the entire point of this is everything is modular. Mm-hmm. You take it out, mm-hmm. you put the replacement in, yeah. you go. How long, and, Tom? In real world hours, how long did it take you to remove the entire fuel system? Mm-hmm. And the entire power system, battery, I mean, the fuel system and the power system, the motor, in a cutting edge, absolute bleeding edge electric vehicle in our shop. Go ahead. Once once I figured out that I wasn't going to shock the piss out of myself, because the first, literally the first. I didn't ask you that. I just said how long. It could have taken me, I I probably did in about six to eight. It probably could, I probably could have done it in four. And I think the time book, the book time on was about three. Okay. And so your first one you've ever done. Yeah. And it literally, literally going step by step in the book. It literally is because that motor six hours. Exactly. Now, 
I'm going to bring you a fucking 1290cc motorcycle and we're going to take that out of it. Yeah. And we're going to put a new one of those in it. I mean, am I doing it? Ain't going to be. Yeah, because you're six talking hours. about throttle body. You're talking about fuel, the fuel injection lines. You're talking about the electrics. So, you're talking about all the different components in that thing. When I see the, the automotive zero, manufacturers, the zero plug, the plug and play, because it was a couple of rack of bolts around the, around the bottom pan. Four or six bolts that actually hold the thing into the body. Right. And then a couple of plugs. Right. It is out. It is yeah. in. As much shit as everybody loves to give about electric motorcycles, these things are so simple. They suck. <laughs> this is... This is the, and what terrifies me is anytime something is so easy. Yeah. And when we have a company... Or we have a country like China who's willing to build us component, 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 oh, yeah. component, component. Yeah. Look, I know the Zero Electric Motorcycle's got an American flag on the back of it. I, I know that. I've been to the factory. I've watched them being built. But I didn't watch the battery controllers being built because yeah. they're built in Asia. Yeah. I, China. I didn't watch the batteries being built because they're built in China. I, I saw these vehicles being assembled. I saw these vehicles' components being assembled but in you, America, giving Americans jobs, and that's great. But when we get to that, if you ever feel, if you're John Mecklefresh, and you feel like the world is pushing me involuntarily towards getting an electric vehicle, be advised, that's because Ford, Chevy, GM, Honda, BMW, they know that it's more profitable yep. for them if you have an electric vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. Now... I, I am not <laughs> buying an electric vehicle. No, not a whole lot of people. Are I, actually. I, I would. I, I hate about ways with the actual practicality of it. And I, for all the talk and everything, and it, it makes you feel good. People don't actually want to buy them. The only reason people don't want to buy these things, huh? and I'll, I'll lay it I out. I guarantee you there's I'll way more than out. only one reason. The, uh, the biggest <laughs> reason why we don't want to buy it. There's, okay. But tell me what you think the only so, reason is. So number, number two. Number two is. Okay, re- you're already on to the second reason. Recharge, you said there was only going to be one. Well, number one, recharge rate sucks. I don't care who you are. You're not going to stick around a freaking gas pump for 25 minutes to recharge your Tesla. Oh, gosh. No. No, you're not going to. You hate it. You hate it. But number one, Correct. First, I hate it. first and foremost is <laughs> we are so ass backwards in this fucking country. We're one step Correct. away from banging rocks together to make fucking heat. We're not going to invest in infrastructure in the United States of America in order to do something like inductive charging on road. Right. That's Which not the Koreans happen. already have. The Koreans have inductive charging in the fucking street. The Dutch have it for their fucking bicycles. The United States, oh God, we've got to burn fucking coal in our cars because we're assholes. Period. Hoorah. Hoorah. So I might as well go ahead and get fucking, you know, get, my, what is it, the uh, gasification? I might as well get gasification on my fucking motorcycle. I've been so I can talking about that for years. That's John's fantasy <laughs> right now. up my tree. <laughs> John's fucking fantasy, burn, man. wood-burning motorcycle right. in my dream. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. I, I don't do, personally, I don't do, because I don't have to. I live a mile from the shop. I drive to the shop. I turn around, I drive home, I might stop at the Aldi's, which is a block out of my way. <laughs> okay. So if I owned an electric vehicle, I literally would never have to worry about it because I would get on the thing, drive the thing. Because my buddy, 
I think I've gone a month without putting gas in my body, right. and yeah. tomorrow I might have to do it tomorrow. You're actually <laughs> kind of the target electric consumer. Exactly. You're kind of the target electric exactly. consumer. I, yeah. My element doesn't even come off right. the, um, the, the, the high idle circuit, circuit, yeah, circuit right. before yeah. I get to that, the shop. I think that's the thing, though, is like uh, an electric car like that is great for yeah. a city-type situation where... <laughs> You're not you're exactly. not relying on like superchargers. You're just plugging and it in overnight, driving to work, exactly. coming home, and, you're and the people it a day. that are the biggest the people that are biggest opponents to this are people that live out in fucking God's country in the middle of fucking yeah, like me. Like I can't have it. Like, exactly. What would I do? You can't go to work. You can't. Bagel Bagel picked me up at the San Jose airport. <laughs> Bagel left Santa Cruz with, I'm assuming, all the electricity his Fiat could carry. <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. Like electricity just dripping out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Bagel picked me up at the San Jose airport. Hey, Bagel, how you doing? Wow, you picked me up at the San Jose airport in an electric car, not a hybrid, mm-hmm. an electric yep. Yep. Fiat. I was like, check out the balls on Bagel, because I know you got to go over a hill. Yep. This, and it's in California, where we all know in California you can go from driving on a road to parking on a road yep. forever. In about one second, like, and we're driving over the road and we're going through these twisty hills. It's a beautiful ride. If you've ever been drive from the San Jose airport to Santa Cruz, it's gorgeous, but we're not sparing the electrons on the freeway. Bagels caning it. And I'm like, and I'm watching the percentages on the dashboard and I have range yep. anxiety for him because yep. <laughs> I would have to help push this bitch, right? Because I'm in the passenger seat doesn't mean I'm not allowed to push. Right. So I'm watching the percentages get lower and lower and lower and lower. And I'm seeing traffic and bagels definitely dodging the traffic and driving truly like an ace on weed, right? And we have to do some ducking and diving to get into Santa Cruz. But bagel is just like inertia is his key. Like he is not stopping. There's a reason he's not stopping because stopping means you have to go again. And that's costly. Yep. We pulled up in front of Eliza's house at 9%. <laughs> Bagel. It, it seems like he's done that before, maybe. Probably, yes. <laughs> I've known Bagel long enough to tell you he's kind of a smart person. He's careful. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't make too many wild and crazy decisions. Yeah. If he thought that he could make it from Liza's house to the airport, back to Liza's house, on every drop of electricity that car had, it's because he's done it before. Yeah. But that was a big dick move. That's like him and Hofford. Hofford, up up when we were up in his thing, would be like, you're going to run out of gas six miles before my house. And I'm like, what? Sure enough, I ran out of gas six miles before his fucking People house. People know shit. That's, yeah. that's the thing is if you if you have it down, you have it down. Met, he's he's the kind of guy shit. that will have the calculator out going, well, I can make it. I can't live that way. And so for me, I need to, not, I need to have the comfort. You know the te- of the glowing BP sign, yeah, the te- and the glowing excess, and <laughs> and this is why I've always yeah. been a proponent of hybrid because I believe yeah. in the one stroke, the one cycle, well, one cylinder diesel motor well, driving. Well, that's what I just saw. So the I, generator, I just saw like, I, like I've said before, I don't understand why somebody doesn't have. You put a receiver hitch on the back of your fucking oh, they, electric vehicle. They, you can just put a little Honda generator back they, there. They do. They're called they're called range extenders. Yeah, but check this okay. out. So I, I mean, it, it exists. You, 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 U-Haul will rent them out west. They do. They yeah. do. Have you yeah. seen the, uh, yeah. the the semis now that they have the electric semis? But what it is is a giant. It's a diesel turbine. train. It's yeah, a train. Yeah, 
Our, uh, our, our expert it's won't a train be, that's not on the rails our, right. our, our yeah. semi-expert won't be yeah. here till tomorrow so if you have any questions feel free to to put them in writing i've driven DC, dc generator <laughs> yeah well yeah. i and the reason that thing about hero popped up for me personally is because i know in my shop what it's like trying to sell <laughs> something where the entry level commodity is twelve thousand dollars right right so Hey, I'm interested in getting an electric motorcycle. Fantastic. I've got Energica from Italy. I've got Zero from here in America. And they start at around $12,000. And everybody gets that same fucking look on their face like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I do live in Cleveland. So what I'm looking for is about $4,000 worth of electric motorcycle experience so I can feel what it's like to ride one and, and kind of make that commitment. Because Hoffert, when he got his zero electric motorcycle, the second he got it, he put it into a very heavy duty use cycle. Now, not many of my customers do that. The number of people I have that I sold a zero electric motorcycle to six years ago, seven years ago, that don't have a thousand miles on that bike yet is shocking. No pun intended. Um, it's it's disturbing how many people have destroyed the batteries in their electric motorcycles because of not riding them and not charging them, right? And then call me, or more importantly, haven't called me to reveal that they've damaged or destroyed their electricity uh, containment unit, right? Because they're not using it, because it's sat for more than six months. Because they haven't even used it. Hoffert's kid has an electric scooter in his backyard. I had the conversation with him. That he doesn't even know is bricked. Now he does. Does he? Steve does. I told Steve. And I had the talk with Steve too. And I told Steve, I'm like, Steve, you're going to have to go there. You're going to have to grab that bike. You're going to have to sacrifice a chicken. Say your Hail Marys. Plug that son of a bitch into the wall. And hope it takes a charge. But I'm telling you, as the guy that sells them, it won't. And then you're going to have to get on the phone to the manufacturer and intimidate them to the point where they send you new batteries. Because they're going to say, you done fucked up and you didn't read the manual. And they're right. You done fucked up and you didn't read the manual. But yeah, it is RTFM. But there's a big thing about like, how is not doing something a sin that's going to cost me thousands and thousands of but dollars. Didn't you say that they updated the manual after? So, like, if you got the bike different brand. So now, hold on. Well, we got to be very uh, careful right now because now we're deviating from manufacturers. Yeah. Oh. In one particular manufacturer, the Neo, the electric scooters, they have a printed paper book, yes. and the printed paper book says if you're not going to use your bike for thirty days, plug that fucker in. But isn't that what that's I'm, plain English? But that's what Steve's son has, right? Yes, that's what I was okay. And that's not what he did. Right. Right. He, he, he left the bike for more than 30 days and did not plug it in. So he is now fighting a printed owner's manual that specifically said, if you're not going to ride it for 30 days, you should plug it in. Mm-hmm. Okay? So he's kind of fucked on that one. He's going to have to fall back on great consumer support, right? Which I don't know if you're going to get it. The Zero, on the other hand, when it originally came out, you got your owner's manual in the form of a thumb drive. Mm-hmm. And you thought, this is my owner's manual because I have an owner's manual in the dashboard of my Buick that came with the car in year of our Lord 2002. Mm -hmm. And that manual is still accurate. But that's not the way electric motorcycles work. There's updates. So you took your thumb drive and you took it over to Kinko's and you had them print that son of a bitch out. (laughs) Right? Look at me, I'm winning. 
What they didn't tell you at Kinko's was your real owner's manual is an app on your phone. And we will change the app on the phone every single time we figure out something we did wrong in the first manual. And we give you a firmware update, or your dealer does, to make your bike better than it was when you bought it because you're still a beta tester. You just don't know that because you paid full price. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your bike has changed seven, eight, nine, 18 times versions in the year that you've owned it. But you still have that thumb drive that you printed out at Kinko's and it says to store the bike in the wintertime, simply walk away from it. And after 30 days, it'll go into hibernation mode. That Coleman's looking better and better. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, John, where do the dead dinosaurs go? In the little gas tank. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I think the starter's broken. Why? Is the rope broken? (laughs) Did you break the string? (laughs) So that's that point. Like, that's the thing about electric vehicles is you're only as good as the firmware updates. And I have been in this industry long enough to tell you that there have been firmware updates that came out that I had all my customers going like, ooh, this is the new firmware update that's going to give me a 10% better range. On a motorcycle, you haven't put 80 miles on in three years. So whatever. But they get super excited. They install the firmware, and then their motorcycle is bricked, and it can't ride them home or something, right? And then they're calling up, and they're like, this is your fault. And I'm like, I didn't design the firmware that bricked your shit. Right. They didn't even call me. They didn't ask for my opinion about that. <laughs> well, it turns out we need to go backwards to the old firmware. You can't. And I will tell you that about motor vehicles. If you think like the solution is going to be, I'm going to grab the knob on the side of my ECU and turn it back to the oldest firmware setting, there isn't one. Dude, all that's like that. For my video editing software, we use Premiere. Yeah. And uh, I I uh, installed a new yeah. version of it and forgot to check, don't like let it update automatically, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Updated automatically, yep. had a beta version. Yep. I put a project, I opened a project now, that I've been working on for two months. It has like a million fucking cuts on it. Right. And when I opened it, it wasn't working right in Correct. the new version. Right. So I said, no problem. My other computer's on the old version. Yep. So I go and I open that thing on the thing. It won't open anymore yeah. because it updated the program file to the new version, which is That's not true. compatible with the old version. Holy fuck. I've had to learn a concept that, that bothers me at my core is when somebody says, should I install the new firmware? I say two things. One, I'm not qualified to answer that. Hmm. Two, is the old firmware working? Right. Did you you get to work this morning? Did you get home yesterday? Then don't install it. Or do you have a long period of time where an inactive motorcycle will not be an issue? Will not be an issue for you. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are are really selling these electric vehicles. won't, Won't it force push it? So now we get into a problem where many of the motorcycles right now... You don't even have a choice. You don't have a choice. Because many of the motorcycles and cars right now have a cellular device built into them, a cellular chip, that um, initially they were making you pay for, which was pretty funny. But then they discovered making you pay for it gave you some false idea that you had some control in the situation. When really... The idea of you paying for the cellular portion of it uh, was just gravy for them because really the whole idea behind the cellular is that they can give to the overlords back in China or wherever, right, wherever the chip was made or where the board was made, 
every single place that Steve Hoffert went on his motorcycle, where he lives, where he charges, how much he charges, how much electricity he's using. There's so much data and data in today's world is money. Um, Facebook is free because you're the product, right? You've heard that before. Um, Google Gmail is free because you're the product. Oh, everything. It's man. the things about you that they're selling to other marketing that they're using as marketing data that is the product. And the more you use it, the more rich your product is. So a motorcycle that tells them where you are, when you are, what time you go to work, what time you come home, how you drive on the freeway and everything else is just a massive data collection machine that under the guise of giving you the most current update is really just calling back to the home office and giving them all of your data. And I mean, it's parked in your garage and it's on your Wi-Fi and your cellular data. Who knows what else it's listening to, right? I mean, I'm sure your television hears you say some weird shit. Uh, so who knows where the Internet of Things has taken that. But what I do know is the ones that used to charge for the cellular data connectivity, like we're going to give you two years for free and after that you have to pay for it. All of those are now like, oh, no, no, it's just baked in. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Because as John's saying, no, it doesn't ask you permission before it downloads an update. Um, check this out. So like yeah. with this whole update thing and the stuff going back to China, yeah. Um, the U.S. government a year and a half ago banned DJI drones from right. being involved with anything to do with the government. Defense no more program. Water, any, right. any kind of inspections yep. now or yep. anything. Well, that's all great, except for that for the last 12 years, everybody's been doing fucking inspections of course. for the government and everywhere else. Yes. So, like, you know, they know. It's like, oh, look how neat this is. I can just put it, it'll fly right around the whole missile silo. Sure will. Oh, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. For sure as shit. Oh, look, there's an update. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and just let it just send in all that information. Of course it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't need to put a chip in your neck if you have a phone in your pocket. Right. Right? That's the that's been the How can we get these people to carry around a tracking system? They'll never go for it. Put cats on I was going to say, have you heard of emojis? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to make their kids carry them. <laughs> We're going to indoctrinate them even younger. Yeah. So tonight's tinfoil hat podcast. Uh, yeah, anybody else got anything else that's motorcycle related or even the most recent acquisition? <clears throat> Kings Island yeah. <laughs> acquired Cedar Fair. No, Cedar Fair acquired Kings Island. It's 51% Cedar Fair, 49% Six Flags. They published it, yeah. And nobody's changing anything. So that's the, the deal is that... It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but it's 51% Cedar Fair, 49% Six Flags. Yeah, even though Six Flags has numerically far more properties, Cedar Fair is financially worth more money. Yeah, but they were both looking at the idea of not being able to pay the bills next year. So they decided to team up. It's pretty interesting. That way they can not pay both bills. No, I think that well, way... You get rid of, there's redundancy, so you, yeah, instead exactly. of having... You, get, you only have yeah. one headquarters, you, know, right. and you save a lot. You save a lot one on your C-suite. One account's receivable, one account's yep. payable, yep. one human resources. And you lose all that upper management from one... Oh, account. and I can get a gold pass that's good at 29 parks in three different countries. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, I like amusement parks. Amusement parks are lots of fun. You know, that's it. Like do you find them amusing? I do. I find them to be just quite a be nice place if they to be. Got all the lap belts. You know, like you, just, you had to hold on like Again, a roller coaster. It makes it a lot more challenging, and you lose yeah. a few too. So it's probably good for society <laughs> as a whole. You yeah. just need to start going to state fairs. The smart ones <laughs> right? hang on. You've got to ride rickettier shit. You just yeah. got to ride more rickety shit. The, uh, <laughs> that kind of describes our entire philosophy in life. Anybody sitting at this table 
Except Tom probably remembers when Six Flags bought Jaga Lake. Yes. And it, it, it fell off a cliff. Like, Jaga Lake went from being like, hey, we're taking the family Jaga Lake. It's going to be great. To being like, oh, wait, it's Six Flags Paramount, whatever the fuck it, it turned like, into. It was like, hey, we're going to go because they still called it Jaga Lake. Yeah. But at that point, they're like, hey, we're going to Jaga Lake. And you're like, when did you start doing meth? It turned, <laughs> the park got scary, <laughs> shitty, fast. Yeah. I mean, the Rotor reason... Rotor Man left. Rotor left, right? No, Rotor Man. Remember Rotor Man? Oh, yeah, yeah, Rotor the Man. Dude that yeah, rode the, it every he day. He just for- rode the rotor every <laughs> single day yeah. for years. Um, when I knew that my days of going to Jog Lake were over, <laughs> as I was in the wave pool doing the wave pool thing, this is lots of fun, and I saw a kid, a, a, a kid that was probably three, take his diaper off that was full. Oh, yeah. And throw it into the... He was in the water, and he yeah. took the diaper off that was full of and he threw it further away from him in the water and he squatted down and took a shit yeah that happens in the wave pool which according to Hoyle you have to change all the water in the pool now yeah right just you have to at least make it look like you're changing all the water in the pool now at least you have to close the ride for at least the day one point one million, baby roof yeah. bar later yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay it's baby roof um, so I don't know what everybody's freaking out for but so I saw that, and I saw the mom, right, who really didn't give a fuck, right? She had her own problems. And I jacked her up. I was like, hey, your fucking kid just ripped his diaper off, and he's taking a shit in the wave pool right now. Mm-hmm. And I got thrown out of the park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went, okay. Yeah. They no longer want me here. They no longer want my money, and I never went back. I never want. I no longer want to be here. I just, I just said, this is it. This is not the happiest place on earth. Uh, <laughs> that's it. If somebody shits in your pool, yeah, turn it off <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Gra- gravity is your friend. We use gravity all the time. <laughs> This might be the best tech tip of the podcast ever. Tips you dial in for. The shit will (laughs) sink to the bottom where you will want to suck it up somehow and remove it. Step one. And then shock the shit out of it. Turn off your pool. Turn off your pool. Turn off your filter. If there's a poo, turn off your pool. Do not try to send it into the filter. You can run it through the filter, but put it on waste so it doesn't go through the filter. It just goes through the pump and straight out onto the ground. And you could vacuum it off the bottom. Okay. And you could All get right. you could you have what a if chance. what if somebody mushed it into the vent? Well, that's that's why you want to turn. Yeah, hold it. on. <laughs> I mean, right now we're just talking about a diaper and a free range turd. Okay. Okay. This has gone off the rails. No, but people have pools. No, these are tech tips. I mean, people have pools and people have hot tubs. Right. And I was there when somebody shit in a hot tub once. That's not uncommon. You're warm. You're comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> when do you go to the hot? Okay, Sleepy, how do Second you Second know? tech tip. Don't go to the hot tub with Sleepy. <laughs> it's not uncommon. Yeah, it's fucking uncommon. I'm 54 years old. I've been, I saw one guy shit in one hot tub one time. Boy, that was a hell of a rally, too. It was a hell of a rally. Cocoa Beach will never be the same. If somebody pulls a shark maneuver and it's diarrhea and they just leave a stream out behind them, you're kind of fucked. But even yeah. Then, if you... Chlorine makes everything stick together and stick to the filter. So you could just run it, shock the shit out of it, run it. Really? Chlorine sterilizes everything, yeah. so that'll kill the E. coli. Right. And then it will get filtered out, and there will be no more solids. Head back to the pool. I'd give it a few days. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's it. I, as far as I'm concerned, 
To anybody who owns a pool or a hot tub who listens to this podcast, turn off the pump, let it settle, yeah. let gravity do the work. Let it mellow. Wait, what is it? If it's yellow, yellow let, let it, it mellow. mellow. If it's brown, <laughs> let it drown. What, are, what if it's a floater? Well, usually you're not going to get a whole turd that's a floater. Like if there's corn or beans, they kind of float their side. <laughs> you're going to have to skim those off. <laughs> I think I think shop vac all the nozzles, get it to the bottom before you even turn it on. So get I mean, you have various you have mechanical, right? Biological, yeah. chemical. Yeah. These are all the ways to treat it. Okay, you know you let gravity do its thing. If it'll settle to the bottom, yeah, just let it settle to the bottom and vacuum it up. That's what I'm thinking. Waste it onto the ground, right? If it, you know, if it's floating, then you're gonna have to skim it. Yeah, do yeah. do a Matthew if, Perry and just scoop if it's them a off suspended the solid, oh. if it's a suspended solid. Jeez. Wait, we were waiting for the joke. Then this you're gonna have to use chlorine then. or something that'll make it coagulate and yeah. fall and, okay. and come out in the filter. All right. So, John, is there? Right. Can you solve one last thing? Is there actually a solution that turns water blue if you pee in the pool? Is there? Not that I know of. Oh, but okay. there are. <laughs> But there are any number of a tattletale, a tattletale chlorine. You'd be more like like there's blue, like you could do purple, like though there's there's stuff that you use for testing. Okay, what is it? Oh shit, it turns things pink. Okay, or it's pink, and then you put something in it, it goes clear. Okay, or vice versa. Okay. I forget what the chemical But if is. you did put that in a pool mm-hmm. and somebody hosed it down, it would show? Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Uh, <laughs> but the problem is, I just assume every pool I've ever been in has uh, been pissed in a thousand times. Right. You're in sterile. Right. The problem is, it just has a lot of um, ammonia in it. That's a lot, of, a lot of flavor. So, your daughter's lifeguarding. Yeah. Right? A lifeguard told me that, you know, the burning part of going oh, in the yeah, pool and the burning part of your eyes and the, the smelly smell. That that's not the natural chlorine on its own. That's the reaction between the chlorine and the ammonia and the piss. Yes. And so the reason your eyes burn and it smells so bad is because somebody's been pissing in it. Mm. So you take a pool that hasn't ever had like nobody's pissed in it in fresh water, right? And has the same chlorine load in it. You're fine. You let in a hundred third graders. There's a hundred kids pissing in the pool. All of a sudden, gets the odor. Eyes burn. Yep. Yeah, because it's the reaction with the ammonia. I heard that too. Yeah, so that like the chlorine itself is not the problem, but it's the reaction between the chlorine and the ammonia, I guess, that are supposed to be the, what makes your eyes burn so much. Stay away from the pool. Fuck, man. I mean, yeah. Chlorine is actually a gas, an odorless, colorless. Right. I mean, you. Yeah. You don't wouldn't know it if chlorine was there. You're smelling everything else. You're smelling the reaction to the yes. chlorine. That makes perfect sense too. Okay, now I'm learning something. Yeah. <laughs> so those would be turning in right now. If you can smell the chlorine, we have now, it's got something it is, in it. No, this that's, is, a, uh, that's a test for a chlorine leak. You take a rag soaked in ammonia, yeah, and you hold it near the tank, and it'll make a white cloud. Really? React with the ammonia. Wait, if you have a chlorine leak, which could kill you. Yeah. So if you have chlorine in your pool or whatever your thing is. Well, it's, it's different. Water treatment plants use chlorine gas. Gas. So oh. what you're using in a pool is right. actually different. Like That's H. pellets. Those are, yeah. Hy- yeah. So uh, hydrochloride. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So if you're using, if you're worried about a chlorine gla- gas, if you take an ammonia rag, mm-hmm. you'll see smoke. Yeah, it'll make a white cloud. It'll make a white cloud. And do you just breathe oh. that in? Or? Dude, oh. that's a fucking cool tactic, <laughs> though. That's some kind of cool shit right there. I suspect he may have we, died yeah, from chlorine have, gas. We have now, we have whole, now changed the profile of the whole thing of my EPA class, too. I like that. I like that. Well, all right. Watch defunded on YouTube for... 
for uh, making chlorine gas uh, bombs yeah, no. or some shit. No, it's <laughs> most, I mean, they've gotten rid of them because they, they were like, there's like one ton, there's rail car size fucking yeah. cylinders of Ooh. chlorine. Like, that can take Candy out stripers. Whole, it can take out a whole neighborhood. When I was a cop, they taught us that if it was a white rail car with a red stripe down the side, that those were called candy stripers and those were the chlorine gas because if they go, if, if it's punctured, you just, there is no safe distance. Most of the freshwater treatment plants are using uh, liquid. Like okay. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't, I haven't seen a white rail car, a white tank with a red stripe on the side and I don't know how fucking long. Most people aren't using that anymore. Yeah. That was very common for probably... Oh, I mean, when I was on the job, it was part of our hazmat training. We had to, like, that was part of hazmat certification, was you had to identify that, you know, identify certain rail cars and know what they were all about. Cool. Anybody else got anything else? Fuck it, man. I learned something. Uh, that's it, man. Ride fast and take chances. Place out, John. Bum 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 b